Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Greetings. What's up? How you doing? Good. We're on one ep. One ep bloop. We're not there. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. We're having a lot of struggle speaking today. I don't know what's going on. I think Merc- did Mercury hit retrograde again? There's a website that will tell you. We need to just make I that our... I think it's called ismercuryandretrograde.com. I'm pretty sure. I think we need to make that like our homepage so yeah. we just always know immediately. And that's why I drink. We'll just redirect to yeah. that page. <laughs> and that's why we drink.com mm, ismercuryandretrograde.com. <laughs> This is bringing you to an external source. Something has really been going on, though. I am not in my right mind today. And well, you certainly aren't either. I And then combined, we're just a it's mess. It's bad. I had Remicade this, like, on the way here, so I showed up all frazzled and, like, with bandages on my arm. And I was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm great. I'm great. I just have a bunch of mouse proteins inside of my body. Yeah, I didn't like that fun fact. Did you know that Remicade is ma- injecting mouse proteins into her for several hours? I really thought I would have told you that fun fact by now. I'm I am- think you were trying to save me, but I'm now- amazed that I haven't told you. I Surprise. can't entirely wrap my head around it. Yeah, it's pretty foul. You're huh? like part Mickey Mouse now. I know. I feel like I'm kind of a lab rat, sort of. <laughs> well, you know, literally. I think literal fiction. lab rats are inside of you. Well, <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> it's just so disgusting. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, anyway, guys, welcome to our show. If you're new, I'm sorry for that. Uh, yeah, just Whoops. walk the other way. <laughs> um, how have you been? We weren't with you last week. Um, we told you about oh, yeah. haunting Michael. for a hot minute, mm-hmm. uh, but since then, what's been going on? We, I've been in Atlanta, having mm. a good time there. Just got back. What have you been doing? Uh, you know, living my best life. Oh, before I forget, I recorded on Adam Ferrara's podcast yesterday. He's like this like comedian actor. Do you know him? He like no, hosts... I didn't even know you recorded with someone. Yeah, he hosts. I'm jealous. Top Gear Fuck US. <laughs> what's the matter with you? He has Top Gear US. I bet he was really fun to record with. He was, was he a better co-host than me. Oh my god. Yeah, we're actually starting. Oh, awkward. Oh, That's why no. I wanted our, our website to redirect, so I didn't want you to find out. <laughs> our About Us page is now just me and Adam Ferrara. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, so we had fun. That episode's not out yet, but I'm really excited for it. Do you know when it comes out? Not yet, no. He's going to text me and let me know. Just text you? Oh, yeah, we text. You have, te- you have his text. number now? We text. Great. Did you just delete my number so his would fit in? Yeah, I made, met his dog, Kona. It's a whole thing. Did you really? Yeah, she was. God damn it, Kristen. She didn't, she didn't like me very much. I just don't even feel like I even matter to you anymore. <laughs> No, it was Look, fun. Geo's mad. He can sense my stress right now. They had a lot of questions for you about ghosts, so I'll uh, inform you about those later. 
I'll get back to them if I feel like it. <laughs> um, I did want to say, well, Jesus Christ, you. Hold on. He's that mad. Look, we we talk about you often. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, are uh, you just trying to make me jealous now? No, I'm just saying your dog loves me more. Oh, okay. That's all. Anyway, sorry. Uh, right. So I did want to also add that, like, I know this is so old news now, and like people are like, why are you even bringing this up again? But that episode where we talked about like gun violence and all that. Mm. I just wanted to, like, I, we never got a chance to, like, I never got a chance to kind of do a little quick catch-up. Um, that was, like, quite a time for a couple weeks there. We got some uh, some good, a lot of good feedback, mostly good feedback, then some very much not-so-good feedback. Um, I wanted to thank Claire, a listener, and Claire made a contribution to the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence in my name, which, like, made me Aww. cry in my bed, <laughs> which was, like, the most touching thing. Any- it was so nice. Um, and then we got a message from Hannah, who was actually present during the Dayton shooting and was hiding and like, was a witness to it. And she kind of talked about survivor's guilt and trauma and stuff in her email. I just got a lot of, like, very touching and heartwarming messages. And then, um, obviously, you know, I'm not good at criticism or, fe- but you know, uh, I, backlash. I, oh, we got some pretty vitriolic uh, messages iTunes back. iTunes reviews. Those, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, guys, if you have a problem with everything we said. Well, a lot of them called me unintelligent and un- uneducated. And I was like, say that to me in German. Or like, you know, <laughs> go get a master's degree and talk to me. Like, that doesn't hurt my feelings because, like, it's not true. It's just mean. Well, also, my, my take on it is if you don't like what we're saying, like, this is 140 episodes in. Why are you listening? Yeah. And when people say, why did you make it political? I'm like, I didn't make it political. This We're just... kind of in a in a space in time where yeah. if things aren't political... And we're talking about I mean, crime, and it's not political. I don't consider that political. I think just stop... Shooting people is bad. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my statement for the day. It's very intelligent, and I'm sure all the people... You're pretty stupid, actually. ...who called me uneducated think that I'm very smart now. Whatever. I bet they are listening to us now. But I do want to make a maybe a selfish request that, like, we did get a lot of one-star reviews that were like oh, I don't listen to this anymore because of that whole thing. So if you guys have a minute and you haven't left a review, it would mean a lot if you wrote just a nice, you know, little blurb or, you know, read a little five-star review to kind of counteract. Sure. Yeah, but only if you have the time. No pressure. No That's pressure. All. That's all I had to say. I just wanted to – because I meant to thank Claire. Uh, a while ago. Yeah, and Hannah, but then um, – we had there was the episode where you found ancestry.com i went to my oh, grandma's it house. was such a long episode <laughs> it was like a half hour intro and i was like we can't keep going for this i feel bad about when christina and i spend too much time away from each other it's it creates really <laughs> long tangents on the but show it's wild because it goes like exponentially it's like it's not just like one or two things happen it's like suddenly those branch off into multiple more conversations it really is hard to have a best friend who you cannot speak to face to face with when like once a week we get to say everything we want into the microphone and then Eva uses her judgment to pick what stays. <laughs> but every time something really life-changing happens, I'll text Christine being like, something awesome happened. I'll tell you when we record in three days. But remember to ask me. And I'm right. like, wait, this is such a weird way to go about this. Or like Eva will know first and then it's kind of like a horrible feeling like, oh, they know something cool and I'm not allowed to know for another week. I know. It, I know. That one's, that one's Poor also... Eva. Her head must be full of secrets because I've told her, her things that I haven't told you. Her trash is what it must be full of. Eva knows a lot of things coming. And oh, what the hell does that mean? It's for you to worry about. Oh, for... Yeah, I will. Thank you for adding to my plate 
state of worry. No, lots of good things, but I've said things to her, and I'm like, you cannot tell Christine, and her poor little head's gonna break. The best part is she never does. Like, I don't know how she does it perfectly every time. And then it makes me mad at her, but then I'm like, well, you're so good at keeping secrets. I'm just mad that she has talents in ways that I couldn't even imagine. Couldn't even dream of. Eva, you're hired. Eva, thank you for being there. Um... What have you been doing? Oh, you got your Remicade. You got your mouse proteins. Got my mouse proteins. How are you? What are you? You know. What? What are you doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I'm just sitting here. Just chilling. Super. Mm, I was on a plane for seven hours yesterday. That sucked. That's terrible, especially because most of it was on the ground. Yes. Yes. That's not good. Um, Any updates about Michael the ghost? Oh, I wanted to add I got a tattoo, too. Oh, okay. Well, sure. Sorry. Even I got a tattoo in New Orleans. And I wanted to wait to post about it um, because it was looking pretty gnarly for a minute there. Um, but it's kind of healing up now, finally. And we're going to post it on Instagram this weekend. But um, I wanted to say, what did I want to say? I have no idea. Uh, okay, I'm going to post on Instagram this weekend. Um, but it is, I'm going to reveal it now. Everyone's like, oh, is it a lemon? Ha ha ha. And I'm like, I kind of wish I had done that. That would have been. I'm so glad you did it. It would have been a much better reveal for our listeners. But um, it's actually a tulip because it's my mama's favorite flower. And every time I'm in New Orleans, I think about her. And I texted her that. And she's like, oh, well, did you know New Orleans is where I found out I was pregnant with you? And I was <gasps> like, oh, what? that's so cool i was like i did not know that and she was like yeah it was the best trip of my life like i was down there and i found out i was pregnant with my first kid and i got i was so happy the whole time like eating beignets and i was like that makes me imagine being pregnant and just having beignets being in the best food in the world right so she was just like said that and i thought oh my god no wonder i always think about you when i'm here and um that's so weird from the womb she's like that's where i met you and i was like oh Stop it. That's so sweet. So she said she wants to get a matching one with me. When no way. I come home for Christmas. But she wants to get the same one you got? Yeah. That's so cute. I'm happy about it. Anyway. That's I'm, very precious. I'm excited. I'm going to post it. I One of our new sponsors is called Ore, I think it's called, and I ordered an anklet from them. Mm. And so I want to post it with my cute anklet. You are just something else. <laughs> In my Rothy's. <laughs> I can't stand you. Okay, anyway. On your burrow couch or <laughs> yeah. on your Casper mattress? I'm ooh, confused. Ooh, maybe half and half. We'll do see. a little halvesies? I could do a little slideshow. <laughs> then I'll come to your house, sit on your... Please don't. Whatever you... <laughs> where, I don't even want you there. What was the thing called? The Sorry, the other furniture. Oh, article. Scandinavian. On my article couch. I always get that in a way, suitcase. I'll do one in the suitcase and one on your article furniture. It'll be super good. We'll do a photo shoot. <laughs> I can't not stand you. <laughs> Please don't come to my home. <laughs> You're right, I won't. Um, That's all I got. I know. I guess we could just tell ghosty stuff now, huh? I guess we tell ghosty stuff, sure. Except there's no ghost. No ghost. So, yeah, because this is a continuation from two weeks ago. Well, I'm still kind of convinced Michael probably followed us, even though I told him not to, so he might be here to listen. I have thought a few times that I felt like I was being watched in my apartment. But then I'm like, also Walt's here, so who knows? Oh, I don't have a reason so far, so I'm kind of scared. Oh, good. I was home alone last night. Like, home alone alone. Like, even RJ wasn't there. And uh, I felt eyes on me, and I did not like it. I don't enjoy that. It could have also been because I was alone, and I'm never alone in my apartment. Well, that'll do it, too. I get scared anytime I'm in the dark and or (laughs) alone. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. 
Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right. Well, so I covered two weeks ago um, the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh, right. Which was bananagrams, and it was such a long story. Did people flip out? People were, I mean, anyone who flipped out, no one told me that they flipped out. I've only seen good things. Oh, no, I mean in a good way. Oh, yeah. People yeah, yeah. seem to really like the story. People were pissed. They were like overturning tables. No one tables. said anything mean. But, uh, Not the triangle. But I, I am aware that I definitely talked a lot in that last one. So I'm giving myself a little break and giving myself a shorter story. You're giving me a fucking break. <clears throat> oh, my God. Just kidding. I love your long stories. You know that. I love being stuck listening to you for two hours. I, I know. do. I know. Because I just fucking interrupt you every five seconds. And that's what I love about you. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I, <laughs> I'm sure it is. I love that neither of us can ever finish one sentence. Nope. <laughs> Look, see? <laughs> uh, okay, so. They love our banter. They do. They do. That's what we're here for. God, don't check the iTunes reviews later. <laughs> Some of them are not nice. <laughs> I literally have not checked. Someone complained about the elevator music. I was like, we use that maybe, what? People are going to find something. Every come. 10 episodes. I guarantee you, if you look hard enough through all those reviews, you're going to find like 500 or just about the whale the sounds. Whale. There's this horrible sound. There's this horrible 60. sound in episode 60. I could never listen to another one. <sighs> Dear God. All right. So, uh, la, 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 la. Okay. So, in the last thing I mentioned with the Bridgewater Triangle, which was... So I don't even know how to give a synopsis of that place. It was bananas. <laughs> it was crazy. And if you haven't listened to that and you're about to listen to this, go listen to that one first because it's super juicy and it's this is going to make insane. more sense. So um, the only way I can describe it is it's this region in Massachusetts um, that currently is the shape of a triangle, although it's kind of expanding into probably a rhombus. A rhombus. And, uh, a parallelogram. It's whatever your heart desires, really. We know really. lots of shapes. <laughs> and, and for the last 30 episodes, we've known what shapes are, yeah. <laughs> some, some. Some of them, four, not all of them. Four shapes. But so there, it happens to be this one region that's an incredible hotspot for paranormal stuff, whether it's UFOs or spirits or cryptids or even <laughs> um, it's, you know, a lot of cults sacrifices have been there a lot of crime has been there it just happens like curses and stuff like yeah and it's literally on cursed ground spooky so um it's just a delight (laughs) it's a a delight as someone who is reporting on paranormal activity that was a a gift to me it was a gift to me too i was enthralled so one of the last things that i hinted at but left on a uh on a cliffhanger for you is that um one of the main cryptids that seem to come from that area is this weird little creature called the Puckwudgie. Oh, yes. And then 
Christine was like, what's the puck wedgie? And I was like, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you, but you got to wait. So now here's the puck wedgie. Oh, so, hell yeah. So apparently it has been featured on shows such as Paranormal State and Monsters and Mysteries in America. Um, it's also been in many books, include the first time it was actually mentioned in a book was in 1855 um, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Oh. <laughs> that guy. I know him. In an epic poem called The Song of Hiawatha. Sure. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. I think it sounds right. Uh, so this is just a little excerpt. I just wanted you to, I just wanted to You're read gonna it. You're going to read Longfellow to me? You're going to orate? Listen, I'm going to read poetry to you. Ugh. Like a true Finally, gentleman. I've been waiting. Listen, this is romance at its finest. It's taken two years. Um, okay. 1855. Uh, blah, blah, Oh, good star. This is very Shut romantic. <laughs> I'm just setting the scene. My eyes are closed. I'm waiting. <laughs> he was making noises. Far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Quasind, uh, which was a, apparently a giant at the time. Okay. Oh, speaking of giants. Yeah, stomping my, my giant favorite puppy dog. Do I hear him? Yes, I hear him every second of my His life. little tootsies. Okay. <laughs> so Kwasand is apparently um, a giant in native tribe folklore. Okay, cool. Um, or he, it, he's, he is a, a giant that happens to be named Kwasand. I don't know if that's like the type the of type. giant or his actual name. Um, far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Kwasand. No man dared to strive with Kwasand. No man could compete with Kwasand. But the mischievous puckwudgies, they, the envious little people... And I will get that get, get to that in a second. Uh, they, the fairies and the pygmies, plotted and conspired against him. Ooh. And so it's... Drama. Listen, <laughs> since the conception on print... <laughs> you know Longfellow they, loved a good bit of drama. <laughs> love a good fairy drama, yes. <laughs> so uh, they were mentioned again in 1934 uh, in a book called... The Narrow Land, Folk Chronicles of Old Cape Cod. And Ooh. in that book included a bunch of native legends, um, specifically told by uh, the chief of the Wampanoag tribe, which was the tribe that I talked about in Bridgewater, or on the Bridgewater Triangle. And so they happen to be mentioned in a bunch of Wampanoag legends. Cool. So they were mentioned there too. They were also mentioned in a book called Dark Woods, Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal in the Freetown State Forest, which was mentioned in Bridgewater. Sure. And that book was written by Christopher Balzano, who is actually one of the guys in the documentary I talked about in the last episode, um, um, who is telling his own story. So one of the guys in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary mm -hmm. also wrote a book, including the Puckwudgies. Got it. Um, the Puckwudgie apparently was also popularized in a 1980s children's book, which I now need, <laughs> oh, no. called The Good Giants and the Bad Puckwudgies. Oh, no. So if I find that, I'm going to be buying it. Oh, and I also left off... Uh, at the last episode, that the town had recently actually put out crossing signs near uh, roads by the forest and by the triangle. Yeah. Um, saying, like, instead of, like, deer crossing, it was Puckwudgie no. puck crossing. I think you had said that. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said you forgot to say no, that. No, no, no. I said it in the last one at the very, very oh, end. Oh, I love that, by the way. That's I want that sign is what I want for my door. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, I would, too. Like, be, back in the I day. I wonder what the, what the drawing of it is. I bet it's very adorable. It does sound like a cute little name, right? Yes. He sounds precious. So, uh, the signs that I mentioned, apparently it was kind of like a, not a hoax, because the, ta the town is known to, like, they're all very aware of the puckwudgies. So, it was kind of it's just like a... A happy little, I don't want to call it a prank, but it was a nod to the fact that they're recognizing puck wedgies. Got it. So they posted them during puck wedgie mating season, which, oh. <laughs> quote, they don't actually know what that is. 
So the town just saw like, oh, it'd be funny if we just put up a crossing sign of puck wedgies, but we'll only post it during mating season. And mating season, as far as we're concerned, it begins and ends on April Fool's Day. So oh my god, it ended up being like a little April oh, Fool's precious. prank. But um, I don't know if they actually took the signs down. I think it started as a prank and then just as an in honor, they kept it up. I wonder if it has like a puck wedgie with little baby puck wedgies. Oh, that'd be so like sweet. Duckling crossing. Stop it. Make way for puck wedgies for little puck pucks. Okay, so that being said, even though it was supposed to be a prank, there have been many sightings that have been reported there before they ever put the signs up. Um, and if they were to be a real creature, um, that motor drivers, I was going to say motors, you know, you know, you know motor, motor drivers, the vehicle operators, um, we, ha- we have driver's licenses and, uh, <laughs> apparently M probably shouldn't, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I've made it this far. Um, if they were real, they do actually present an actual danger to drivers on the road. Um, especially because they have been seen like obviously if they're crossing the road like anything that's a danger as a driver but they have been seen on this road in many instances um including the fact that if you were to ever be parked there for a reason maybe it's um calling somebody really quick or uh doing something on your gps or fixing a flat tire there have been many reports on the road where the signs are now that they will turn around and in their mirror they will see a a creature walking up to their car late at night and they could potentially be a very dangerous creature if they are real. Right. Which I will I will get into why they're potentially very dangerous. So their primary territory is the Bridgewater Triangle. They're most seen there, especially in the Freetown State Forest, which is kind of in the bottom right part of the triangle. Mm-hmm. That's where the most of the activity is. Um, as well as the area in the Bridgewater Triangle called the Ledge, which I talked about last time, which is basically a quarry cliff where everyone happens to go there just to get a view of the area and they all have this overwhelming fear to jump oh god yeah we did talk that's disturbing so last time i kind of hinted that maybe it was because it was of uh, a ghostly nature Mm -hmm. that maybe there's a spirit out there that's causing this but it could also be a puck wedgie thing because one of their uh one of their powers or abilities is that they are known to lure people to cliffs and they are known to then push them. Oh, oh God. So it could be a, a ghost thing. It could be a cryptid thing. Yeah. About why all these people are mysteriously jumping. Because sure. people don't go there to jump. They just get up there and all of a sudden cannot well, stop themselves. I think the creepiest thing you said was like there were abandoned cars because people would just yeah. drive up for a look and then like jump. Yep. That's horrifying. So uh, just to give a quick description of these little puck wedgies so you know what you're thinking about when you're trying to visualize it i i'm really curious actually they are magical creatures considered to be spirits of the forest they are tricksters and sometimes they are compared to trolls and goblins but they are the oldest mythical creatures in north america fun fact really uh here the physical description they are small and pot-bellied troll-like humans with dog-like noses that are two to three feet tall Gray skin, large fingers, big eyes, and wiry black hair that sometimes glows. Oh. They apparently have a weirdly sweet floral scent, and they are found in the woods and swamps surrounded in paranormal activity. So when I say that, I mean they're found in woods and swamps that all seemingly Mm. are nearby some mischief or paranormal activity. Just They seem to always kind of, wherever they go, mischief follows, it seems. These things are so weird. That means then that the Bridgewater Triangle, if puckwudgies are real, 
then they might actually be conjuring the paranormal activity that's been happening in the triangle. Okay. So it's not just like, oh, oh. there's ghosts here, oh, there's aliens here, oh, and there happen to be puckwudgies. It might be puckwudgies are the oldest mythical creature in North um. America, and they all live here, so they might have somehow conjured this all this. their land, right? Yeah. They might oh. have turned it into their own little supernatural what came world. first, the puckwudgie or the... I mean, that's a, the hauntings. That's a question we'll never know the answer to. <laughs> We've been asking for centuries. Get that on a shirt. Chicken or the egg, puckwudgie or the ghost. Who knows? Puckwudgie or the ghost. Um, so, for example, this, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, I mean, obviously is a massive hotspot for paranormal activity, and mm. that's where they happen to reside. They're also seen a lot in Fall River, which happens to be like where the Lizzie Borden house was. So even if it's not supernatural, everywhere that there has been a sighting, there's been some sort of event that's happened weird. there. It's near the Lizzie Borden. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so that's... they've been seen near the Lizzie Borden house. So weird. Weirdly enough, they've also been seen a lot in the Mound State area of Indiana. Okay. Which happens to have a massive penitentiary on it. So they might be causing mischief in the area around sending that. Sending people to jail. Either they're sending people to jail or they're feeding off the energy of people who've already created mischief. I and, see. I don't know. Creating more. <laughs> oh, I don't God. know. God. Um, and then also Round Rock, Texas, which happens to be allegedly where the most, uh, the densest population of Bigfoot lives. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not up in, like, Washington or anything. Apparently Round Rock, Texas. That's surprising. That's at least where they hold the Bigfoot festival called, like, the Harry Festival or something, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> wild, but... Let's go. Uh, so I, they're, they've been seen in all these little areas where there's just some sort of report or some sort of event that's happened that everyone knows about. Got it. Or there's condensed amount of activity that they can feed off of, like sure. a penitentiary. Um, they potentially influence the supernatural and mischief that surrounds their habitats, like I just said. Mm-hmm. And they are known, um, there's a, based on what tribe or what region or what area you're talking to, um, they have pretty different personality traits, but... The one thing everyone can agree on is that they're very mischievous. But like I said, their threat level varies from region to region. So sometimes they're mischievous but helpful. Sometimes they're mischievous and uh, violent. Oh, so, well, that's less fun. Uh, <clears throat> not really a fun fact. No. But settlers, when they first came into the area, which I talked about in the last episode too, during, I think, Philip's War, uh, during King Philip's War, a lot of settlers came in and they were hearing all these stories about puckwudgies from the natives in the area and they brought Christianity with them. And so some of the natives were being converted. Fun. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was necessarily by choice, Fun but fact. <laughs> they were hearing about Christianity. So their, um, their belief systems, both people living in an area where the phrase puckwudgie was coming up, mm-hmm. um, somehow their beliefs kind of molded together to redefine oh. what a puckwudgie is. And so after the settlers came in, they started being considered little demons. Oh. And they were given the nickname by the settlers of Satan's Little Helpers. Oh. So. It's like, just like Santa's. It's yeah. spelled almost the same Satan way. Satan and Santa are spelled the, with the same letters. Think about that. Oh, my mom has these blocks that say Santa and I change them to Satan every year. And she You're a monster. She doesn't notice for days and then she gets so angry. But it's so funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, so because the settlers kind of... Um, changed the perception we will never know if they were originally really friendly slash mischievous or if they've always been really violent and mischievous got it because when the settlers came in it just kind of got morphed into this idea of puckwudgies are evil got it and it just perpetuated the stigma of them being violent and we don't know if that actually was true or not sure so it suggested though be it probably because this their new stereotype is that they're probably violent 
It suggested that if you see one, it's best to walk away to avoid them from interacting with you, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But here are their alleged powers, if you will. I don't know what else to call them. So, uh, Pakwajis can become invisible at will. So they can oh. appear, then disappear. Um, they can shoot poison arrows. Oh, God. They can transform into a walking porcupine, which I don't <laughs> understand. I didn't find any explanation for that. It doesn't need one. Um, it can control what is apparently called Taipei Wankas, which are souls of those that they have killed. Oh, no. They can also shapeshift into dangerous animals, i.e. walking porcupine. <laughs> Uh, apparently, dangerous. apparently that's like their main shape-shifting creature. Okay, is half human, half porcupine. But they can also shape-shift into dangerous animals like cougars or something. Um, and they also are known to confuse and lure people into the woods, potentially to kill them. I mean, the worst is that they can kill people and then they control their souls. So it's not even like they get. Yeah, it's like you can't escape. It's yeah. like once a puckwidge is decided. Oh my god. That it wants you, like, even your spirit isn't safe. That's so messed up. And keep in mind, that is a combination of several different regions' abilities. So got it. only a chunk of those is correct in a certain area. And got only it, got so it. not all of them can take your soul away and confuse and lure you into the woods and kill you and collect your soul. <laughs> Maybe, Some are just porcupines. <laughs> sometimes they're just poison arrow shooting porcupines. Um... They can also apparently create fire at will. Oh. Which, fun fact, the Freetown Fire Department and State Forest Fire Control have literally created countermeasures. No. And put them in place in case a Pukwaji fire ever just shows up. What? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, when I said shape-shifting into dangerous animals, that is interesting because in the episode that I did on the Bridgewater Triangle, there are several reports of really weird animals, like exotic animals. That's right. That should not be in the area. And people report seeing them. I forgot about that. And so the that could potentially be an explanation for why, like, a cougar in an ocelot or something. Like, oh why they were God. all just hanging out. And, like, there was, like... <laughs> There's uh, some weird ones. I don't remember, though. We'll get to it. Okay, great. Several people have been assaulted by these creatures. Uh, Jesus. One person even got a mysterious illness after seeing one, oh. which is pretty terrifying. In a world where they're just really harmless and just like playing pranks, they like to scare people. They like to throw rocks. They like to throw sand at you. <laughs> they like to push you. But then sometimes they like to attack you and even steal your children. Oh, well, I was about to say they sound like mean toddlers, but that no. added a whole new they level. They like to kidnap children, Steal apparently. That's Oh, so that's just fun and mischievous. That's not aggressive or violent. I think their definition of mischief mischievous is different than mine. Yeah, maybe a tiny bit. If they like you, they might like you too much and they might follow you home and stalk you. <laughs> Wait, what? Like they won't bother you in any other way except never leaving Just, you like, alone. Follow you everywhere? Yeah. What in the world? Uh more recently, this is probably not true, but it has just I guess through the game of telephone, it's just the rumors have gotten pretty wild. Allegedly, in recent years, it's been suggested that they also have the ability to possess people. Ooh. I imagine that information comes from hearing like, oh, they can control spirits or sure. they lure you away. So and they must be possessing mm -hmm. you to walk you away. So I'm, I'm sure it's just kind of stretched into that. Sure. If you see one, there is a chance that it is trying. Oh, if you see only one by itself, there's a chance it's trying to lure you closer because, allegedly, Pakwajis are pack creatures, oh. so if you only see one, it is to make you feel like you can approach it. Uh-uh. And while it's luring you closer, all the other ones hiding nearby oh, can attack oh. once you're close enough. Oh, my God. 
Um, That's horrifying. Some stories apparently suggest that to appease them and show respect, if you leave little gifts for them, they'll leave you alone. Oh, okay. What do they like? <laughs> so you can throw hey, all I'm, of that into I'm, the forest? I'm frightened now. Uh, do we know or no? Nope. Oh, great. That, I am, that's I, helpful. Thank you. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, and like I said, all of this varies based on where and who you're talking to. They could totally just be magical pranksters. They could also be little little murderers, apparently. Oh, God. Wow. So this is the story of how they came to be. Okay. Originally, they are uh, they come from folklore from the Wampanoag tribe and also the Algonquin tribe. Um Pakwaji translates to person of the wilderness mm-hmm. or people in the wild. Okay. Um, and natives used to believe that Pakwajis actually used to get along with humans and they actually used to live in harmony together. Mm. But then the Pakwajis turned against humans, especially particularly the Wampanoag tribe, because the Wampanoags were very, very uh, in love, some might say, with uh, this giant that lived in the area. Oh. Named Maushop. Okay. So apparently he was a very friendly giant. They have stories apparently of like the Wampanoag people would say, we're hungry. And he would just go walk into the ocean and bring them whales. Oh like he God. would just, <laughs> he would just be like, if you're hungry, let me just, here's a whale. Let me throw you a massive meal. Oh my God. I love this. He's like a BFG. Yeah, literally. You called him a very big friendly, fucking giant. Big fucking giant. You um, called him a VFG or very friendly giant. We'll call him that VFG. Yeah, 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 yeah for okay. sure. Like a knockoff. He, uh, TM, TM, TM. Or maybe the original. I can't decide. He, well, apparently this story goes back like 12,000 years. So okay. I think he's the original. He's the original. The OG v- VFG. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. The OG VFG. God, roll doll. You little, you little <laughs> plagiarizer. <laughs> so, uh, the Wampanoags just loved this guy because he was obviously throwing them whales Me when too. they were hungry. Like banquets. And, uh, he also apparently created the land that's now Cape Cod. Oh, I like that place, too. So he's just got a lot of things going for him as a giant. He's kind of, like, kicking it. I love it. Well, that's what the Wampanoags thought. And so they uh, they just loved hanging out with him. They loved giving him presents. They loved, like, honoring him and respecting him. I think they thought he was a deity, some notes sure. were saying. Um, it sounds like he is. <laughs> I would be worshipping a massive man who could just, like, flick me with his finger and kill me, but decides to give me whales for food uh, instead. Correct. Me, too. Um, and builds me a lovely island. Right, of course. Called Cape Cod. Of course. <laughs> uh, and so the Pakwajis were also in the area, and they tried to be equally as helpful and friendly to the tribe, but apparently uh, they had to compete for Maushop's love. Oh. And the tribe was not interested in the Pakwajis' help, even though they were trying to be very helpful, oh. um, and kind of saw them as nuisances. So they're like, go away, we're hanging out with, with Maushop. So the Pakwajis felt really third-wheeled. Sad. They got really jealous, and they started causing mischief because they just wanted some attention from the Wampanoags. I mean, I don't blame them, I guess. Um, but apparently the mischief, like I said, their definition is different than mine, and so I think they were probably too rowdy, just trying to get attention. I think it got too wild, and the Wampanoag people got so irritated they could not take the Pukwudgies being around anymore. So the Wampanoags, they asked Maushop's wife. Oh. Because, of course, he's married. He sounds like the catch. I mean, the of catch. course. I should have known. Uh, should have known I had no chance. So his wife's name is Squanet. Love it. Um, so Maushop and Squanet. So the, the Wampanoags asked Maushop's wife, Squanet, could you talk to Maushop and help him or have him help us get rid of the Pukwudgies? So oh, no. Maushop just did exactly that and exiled all the Pukwudgies. <gasps> And spread them out so he 
so that they couldn't find each other. Wait, that's not very nice. It gets worse. He did this. He exiled them, not by saying you're exiled, go away. Sure. He gathered them up in his big, massive, giant hands, and he shook them until they were disoriented. Oh, dear. And he literally, because he's a giant who can just, like, dip his toe in the ocean, he just literally threw them (gasps) out of the region. And so they just got scattered all across New England. What the hell? Killing many of them. It's just like raining Pugwudgie. I thought you meant just, killing many people. I was like, yeah, probably if they're just raining. If, if the Pugwudgie lands hard enough on you, yeah. Oof. But yeah, so many of the Pugwudgies died in this Sad. process because he's like, it's like shaking, well, like shaking, like you, like, you know, you can't shake a baby. I do know that. Yep. Don't shake a Pugwudgie. Don't do that and either. And then don't throw them into another state line or something, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> don't cross, don't throw them over bo- state border. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So many of the Pugwudgies actually <sighs> survived this and they came to kind of, were no longer disoriented, regained their memory, regained their like total functions. Sure. And they all just didn't know what to do. So they started running home. That's so sad. And when they realized when they all got together, what had happened, they came back into the area very angry and they wanted to hurt Mouseshop and the tribe for trying to do this to them. Yeah. So the Pukwudgies then went to the Wampanoag tribe, burnt down their homes, attacked the tribe, were killing people. You okay? Sorry, my phone just made a loud ass noise. That's oh nice. my god, this says trending on next door, bobcat sighting. Uh-oh, is it a Pukwudgie? Uh, now I'm like, it must be. I'm I'm not loving that notification. I'm not leaving my house today. Oh, good. Don't let their siren song lure you. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, so, so they decided they were going to hurt the tribe. Got it. So the Pukwudgies go into the Wampanoag tribe, burn down their homes, attack the tribe, literally killing women and children. Jeez. And Maushop hears about this, and he loves the, the Wampanoags. He's like, I don't want them to get hurt. Um, I thought we got rid of these things. My bad. I thought they were gone, but I apparently didn't throw them far enough or shake them hard enough. And now they're here. So God, varying stories on what happened here. Either he had went off and attended to other things and was not present in the area, or he was lazy and had other people go out for him. It's, it's unclear, but Malshop's five sons went out to help the tribe and they were like, we're going to go help, you know, fight these Pukwudgies and handle things. Well, the Pukwudgies were so angry, they somehow killed all five of these giant sons. Mm. Um, and after the sons were killed, that was when Maushop and Squant- Squanit, they went out themselves, and they were oh, like, you killed no. our five sons, we're gonna fuck these Pukwudgies up. Sure. So. Okay. All right, insert elevator music there. Sorry, we got a Rolaids. Sorry, we just turned into 50-year-olds, <laughs> and I needed Christine to go get me Rolaids because I have such terrible heartburn right now. I was like, they're on Blaze's nightstand in a little basket, oh. always ready to be consumed. I'm about to get he all these. He takes them a lot. How many are you supposed to take? Is this like a medication where you can only have one? No, it said, t- I read you the directions. Clearly, you were not listening. <laughs> I literally was not listening to you at all. It said, take two to four as symptoms persist. Oh, all right. Well, at least one more is going into my system in a little bit. Um, I was saying how Blaze take, I don't know if he's going to love this, that I'm sharing this information. Let's hear it. He sh- takes them for anxiety because... <laughs> When he was a little kid and he would get, like, a tummy ache from being nervous, his mom would always give him a Rolaids, and so now he, like, associates that with, like, being nervous. That's precious. So he carries one. Like, he has them on him at all times, and he'll just, like, if you see him taking one, I'm always like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, well, I'm just a little nervous. (laughs) It's the funniest thing. Which blows my mind, because he strikes me as the least nervous person on Earth. Oh, he's just full of nerves. Me too. Well, you know that about me, right? I know you're full of nerves. That's literally, (laughs) no one has ever questioned that. There's no room in this, in Blaze, in my relationship for him to have any outward anxiety. It makes sense now because you take up all of the time. So now when I'm like, 
he's been nervous before. It's like, oh, I've been so focused on you being nervous. Correct. Didn't even pay attention. Oh, yeah. If you see him a pop in a Rolaid, something's going down. I'd be like, oh my god, I'm going to step out of this room. <laughs> I'm like, where's Clonopin? He's like, here's a Rolaid. And I'm like, that's probably, probably smarter <laughs> and safer. So uh, I ended with, after their sons were killed by the Pukwudgies, uh, Maoshop and Squanit went out uh, themselves as angry parents. And they're like, we're going to kill all these Pukwudgies. Oh dear. So uh, there's different versions of how this happened. But the main idea is that the Pukwudgies found out that Maoshop himself was coming to kick their ass. Mm-hmm. So they tricked Maoshop and killed him first. Oh. By either luring him somewhere, some said into the deep grass, some say into the forest, some say into the water. But he got lured somewhere, and then they shot him down with poison arrows. <gasps> There's another story that um, they lured him somewhere and forced him, but uh, somehow hypnotized him or something, um, to end his own life. Wow. Um, and after that... Uh, the surviving Pukwudgies ended up kind of scattered wherever they chose to. Wow. They remained within the Bridgewater Triangle and then kind of different patches of the space. Like spread out. Yeah. Um, another version that people think is that after losing his sons, Maoshop just left New England. Mm. Um, but there was no death at all. But it, the only reason they think that he either left or died is because at this exact same time. Yeah. Um, and... You know, when it comes to folklore and legends and where the natives were in the world, at this exact same time, um, all folklore in the Wampanoag tribe never talked about a giant again. Wow. So, so it's just like end of story. That was just like the end of the giants. Wow. In their folklore. So they think, okay, well, he either left or died. What and happened it, to Squamit? I'm sad for her. She's probably so sad. I don't know what happened to her. Oh, I hope she's all right. I bet she's fine. Okay. Um. So... There are 34 different types of, uh, and I say this because apparently this is the phrasing that has been throughout the internet. I don't know if it's correct or not. I feel like, I, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with it, but apparently they fall under a mythology uh, called little people, mm. which just means every single tribe or region all seem to have their own cryptid that happens to be just a tiny being. Sure. I don't think when that category name came out it you know little people was a phrase the either. tlc show the tlc hit wasn't exactly yeah i'm not talking about you know human beings that are little people these are apparently cryptid little people which makes no sense to me but okay sure so in the uh crypto mythology version of little people there are 34 different types okay which i will not go through all of them because <laughs> i know someone out there thought that it was, i was oh no and uh but i'm just gonna say a couple of them because of the 34, somehow the Pukwudgies have a lot in common with many of them. And a lot of people think, oh, I saw a Pukwudgie. And they're like, oh, you didn't see a Pukwudgie. You saw this. Oh. So there's a lot of confusion in where the Pukwudgies lay. Okay, got it, got it. Excuse me. The Rolids are doing their kick, job. I'm hoping they're kicking in. Well, I just burped and I don't feel like I want to die. Oh, so there you go. Round one of the Rolids. Okay, great. We got to start ordering those in bulk. We just, JK, as if we don't already do. <laughs> Anyway. I was like, doesn't, I'm sure Blaze does. I just found four packs hidden in his nightstand. That's precious. Oh, boy. You must have a lot of anxiety. We have a so, lot of secrets. We have fun. We have fun. <laughs> we have fun. Uh, so some of the things that people mistake Pukwudgies for are gnomes, leprechauns, red caps, which apparently are anti-gnomes. Anti-gnomes? I'm going to have to cover that eventually. Oh, for God's sake. Goblins and hobbits. And Whoa. apparently... Not only are Pukwudgies often mistaken for hobbits, but hobbits are often mistaken for Bigfoot babies. Whoa! Because they're just hairy little people. Sure. 
which in Bigfoot's a hairy big one. Sure. So hairy big one. They think that all they think if you imagine a Bigfoot and then condense it into a two foot size. Yeah. That is it's a hobbit, apparently. Wow. OK. Or it looks very similar. So those are some of the ones that people uh, in like Bridgewater Triangle lore will be like, I saw like a gnome. And it's like, no, you probably saw a Puckwudgie. But a lot of people will use those words interchangeably, not knowing what it's actually called. Got it. Some of the things that Puckwudgies are also compared to. I did mention trolls earlier. Um, that seems to be the big one. That's like the main word people choose to describe this creature as because they don't know what else to Makes call sense. it. Makes um, Because trolls happen to be two feet tall. Puckwudgies are always two to three feet tall. They have a big nose, big eyes, big ears, pretty much big limbs and accessories to their body. <laughs> big accessories. Uh, and they have wiry hair. Apparently, though, I don't know who made this definition up, but according to one site on Google... Trolls are dumber than Puckwudgies? Ooh, I didn't say it. Em did. I, listen, I'm, rec- I'm, I didn't, don't come at me. That panther or whatever is walking around my neighborhood is going to come <laughs> after you. All of a sudden there's going to be like a, like a lion <laughs> loose. In your Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> um, so trolls are apparently allegedly dumber than Puckwudgies, but they are more malicious. Oh, and so, well, that's kind of terrible. So, like, trolls have, they're, like, reported, like, eating pets and, like... What the fuck? So, they're, hoarding like... Hoarding junk and living under bridges They're, and like, stuff. less witty and, like, smart about what they are calculating, yeah, maybe, but, but they're just, like, eviler? Yeah. They they're, cats. like, they're, like, they're only tricksters meant for evil. Got it. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's like, sad. a troll is, it, they're only being mischievous because there's going to be some sort of rise coming out of you. I don't know if you've seen trolls, but they show a, quite a different story. Have you? I have not, but I do know that since it's a Pixar movie, it probably is. It's a DreamWorks movie. Is it a DreamWorks movie? Yeah, correct. Yes, it is. Thank you for correcting me. I... <laughs> Before Twitter does. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about that. It's a great movie, though. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. So the trolls are dumber, but more malicious than Puckwudgie. So a lot of people think that they're seeing a troll, but they're seeing a Puckwudgie because maybe it's not as malicious. Mm. Or maybe it's like moving around kind of smart. It's, or it's smarter. Yeah. It's not eating your cat. It's not eating your cat, and it is not stealing your your junk to hoard. Okay. Um, It's not scavenging through your garbage cans, which apparently trolls do. (laughs) And raccoons. (laughs) And raccoons. Raccoons and trolls. Oh, God. The other street cat. (laughs) Um, Apparently, not just trolls, but another... There's another creature out there. I think this might actually be um, different tribes' versions of a Pukwudgie. They just all kind of have different names and a little different um, descriptions to them. Okay. So there's one called the Nokomo, which apparently are benevolent little people in the forest uh-huh. and they bring only good fortune and assistance. Oh, I love those guys. The so Nakomo, I'm down to hang with them. Please. There's apparently also something called the Memeguesi, which are uh, little people that live by the riverbank and they like to blow canoes astray and steal your things. Wow, okay, that's not very nice. But they like to help people who give gifts, so they have a price. <laughs> and they are they are just child-sized hairy little monsters. Okay. Fun fact. Um, there's also something called a, this one is the weirdest one. This is called a Yunwi Dejunsti, which apparently is a, in the Cherokee tribe, it's a mirror image demon. Oh no. Which is basically your two foot tall doppelganger. I just got chills. You know me and mirrors don't get along. So it's literally, it's, if you're in the Cherokee tribe, everyone apparently has a two foot tall doppelganger that is evil. Oh, so like your mini me, but like literally your oh. mini me. You're Doctor Evil, and your Yunwi Dejunsti is mini me. Wow. Okay. And um, apparently they are known to throw objects. They try to trip people when they walk by them. They try to abduct people who wander, and then they just wander off. Great. 
Oh, and there's a little kitty cat next Sorry, to me. Sorry, this is dinner time. He's going to be whiny. Sorry, I'm still sucking on this thing. No, no. Am I supposed to chew it? Yeah, or you can. It's. Is it chalky, though? Is it like is it like NACL? It's a little NACL. It's a little salty. Yeah, a little salty. <laughs> there's also apparently a Yunwi Tsunsi, which is the opposite, and they are the Cherokee tribe's little people that are good. Okay. That uh, apparently they bring back lost children. They help lost people get home. They heal the sick. They love kids. Aww. I like to think that they're kind of like the angel versus the devil in the Cherokee tribe. And they're yes. always like fighting each other. They could probably stand on your shoulders. That'd be pre- they probably could. They're two feet tall. How fun would that be? And then the last one that Pukwudgies are often compared to when when not really paying attention to which tribe or which folklore it is, Pukwudgies are often considered to be part of the Bugwajanini. Oh my. Listen, with the way it's spelled, you would be proud. Uh, I am. Um, they're apparently super similar in appearance. They're the most common thing when it comes to, like, native folklore. If you're trying to pick out what this creature is, a lot of people will mistake a Pukwudgie for this. Got it. Um, they're playful but mischievous. They're not dangerous. They might actually be, according to some theories, they might be the Pukwudgies who learn their lesson after <gasps> having to deal with the giant. And now they behave. Wow. Okay, weird. They're so similar in appearance that apparently... Even people, people don't even know if it's a Pukwudgie or not. You just have to go totally off of its personality. Okay. So those are the ones that they're most likely. Sure. Okay. So I mentioned Chris, uh, Christopher Balzano earlier. He was one of the guys that was in the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. Yes. And he wrote uh, the book, Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal in the Freetown State Forest. And in it, he did mention two different accounts that people had sent in of their experience with a Pukwudgie. Neither of them are dangerous, but they are kind of just interesting. So I'm just going to read them real quick. There's one woman named Joan who... It's interesting. A lot of people will see puck wedges when they're walking with their dog. So I don't Ooh. know what that means. I don't know if dogs attract them or maybe just dogs sense them. Interesting. But any story I've heard of a puck wedgie, people are with a dog. So if you're walking your dog right now, you, in Be theory, careful. are more likely to run into a puck wedgie. A, so this woman, Joan, she's walking her dog along a path in the forest um, in the Bridgewater Triangle when her dog started just running deeper and deeper into the woods and she got pulled by the leash oh, and the dog kind of just dragged her into the woods yeah this cat is amazing Sorry. i'm just trying to play it cool that's precious he's making little nose boops on the microphone um so she got pulled in by this dog the dog stopped running out of nowhere all of a sudden and they stumbled upon this two foot tall creature <gasps> with pale gray skin standing on a rock in the center of where they stopped. Whoa! Almost as if the dog was summoned, which is interesting because they like say that, that Pukwudgies can lure you to, into the woods. So it wasn't like he was chasing him. It was like he It was almost like the Pukwudgie demanded him to no, come. No, thank you, sir. Uh, apparently he's described as having... Sorry, Junie is fucking he's... losing it. It's his dinner time, so he's going to be relentless. Uh... They're described as having green eyes, hairy arms, very short legs, a dog-like nose, and a pot belly that is so large that it almost touches their knees. Oh, no. Okay. Can you imagine trying to run with your legs? At two feet, two feet tall? No. Uh, they apparently... So her, this creature and Joan, they looked at each other for a long time until <laughs> the dog immediately, just as fast as it stopped, took off out of the woods all over again, pulling Joan with her. Oh my God. So it's almost like this thing lured them in just to stare at them and then, like, released them and let the dog run away. Yikes. After that, the creature kept showing up on Joan's property. Oh, you liked her. Looking into her windows. Oh, no. And looking through her, like, just being around all the time on the property. Anytime she looked around, it was near. Oh. And it continued until she moved. Oh, no. So there's no getting rid of it. You just have to, they have to lose you. That's terrible. 
Um, the second one is, depending on who it was, it seemed like there, his name was either Tim or Tom, which are our stepdad's, our stepdad's names. Dads. Uh, Sounds about right. And they, he, <laughs> Tim and Tom. Tim and Tom. Uh, he was walking through the forest one night, uh, and he saw a light glowing in front of him that moved like it was breathing. Oh my. Um, this what? is, this Weird. is a, a quote from him. I, I noticed a dim light, uh, like in the form of a ball in front of me. It was white and swelled and, sh- and shrunk almost like it was expanding and shrinking <sighs> like it was breathing. It rose to about my shoulders and then flew into the woods. Wow. So he followed it through the woods. I don't know if he was under a trance or something, but he just followed it into the woods until it vanished in front of him. And when it vanished in front of him, he turned around and a puckwudgie was standing there. Oh, dear. He literally just took off. He was like, I don't have time for this. I'm I'm leaving. Because it was a two foot tall creature that was covered in fur with a wolf like nose. And they both ran into opposite directions. But uh, <laughs> okay. apparently the puckwudgie ran off screaming in a weird eerie no. moan. Ew. I don't even know how I would describe that sound. Later, Tom was sitting in his car in the parking lot and the same creature appeared in front of his car and his eyes this time were glowing red. Oh, oh. And Tom was like, fuck this. He's back. And drove off at top speed and never saw him again. Woof. The third one uh, was not actually part of the book, but this is from my story last week slash the Bridgewater Triangle documentary. And I'm just going to say it again because it was super creepy. It is so, so creepy. So this happened in the 90s to a guy named Bill who was in the documentary Bridgewater Triangle. It's on Amazon Prime. Also, uh, one of the directors of the documentary apparently listens to this show and reached out and said thank you for talking about the documentary. I saw that. That was so sweet. So um, So we're doing it again. (laughs) So here we are again. Round two for you. so nice. So... A guy named Bill in the 90s, he was walking his dog down a different path than he usually would. Apparently, they always go down the same direction. And this time, they just decided to take a different way. Okay. They got to a, a road that some might call an off-road or an abandoned road. It's kind of just one of those roads with the, the phone lines. Sure. And maybe it's like a shortcut to school or something, but it's not a, a main access yeah. road. They're doing this in the middle of the night, so they can't really see anything past the streetlights. The dog freaks out. At the same time, they hear this high-pitched wailing sound. Mm-mm. And all of a sudden, Bill sees a creature in the shadows. <sighs> he looks at the creature, and in hindsight, because back then I, I described this to you, not having done any research on puckwudgies, so I did not know what was going on. But in hindsight, what he saw might have been a puckwudgie because it was around three feet tall, had a pot belly, it was covered in fur with big eyes, he said it looked older for its age. I don't know how he was, for how he knew age. that. He's not aging well. Life also, isn't like treating him right. kind of rude, so. Yeah, you could have left that out. You really <laughs> threw him under the bus there. Yeah. And apparently this creature wasn't advancing or like trying to charge him or anything, was just standing there with its hand out. Nah. And he did say in the documentary that if he, he regrets not walking towards I it. I think after hearing all this, I don't regret that. Now that I've heard all the information, I'm glad he didn't, especially because remember I said, if you see one by itself, precisely, there are other ones probably hiding, ready to attack. Like lurking. I don't like this at all. And also just like nothing good comes from this. So, so it wasn't advancing, just stuck its hand out. And then it started saying this really weird phrase. It kept saying, Ewanchu Kier, Ewanchu Kier. And... He it took him forever to like he listened he heard it in his head forever and ever and ever after that, and didn't know what the thing might have been saying. He just turned around and walked away or probably sprinted away, <laughs> but he didn't he didn't go near it. 
But in hindsight, he thinks what the creature was trying to say, Eon Chukir, he thinks it was trying to speak English uh-huh. and relate to him uh-huh. and say, we want you, come here. Uh-huh. Which is interesting now, knowing that it's a pack animal and him saying, we want you here, come here. I just here. got chills. So that was just my favorite story from the last time. And this was an opportunity to say it a second time. So here you go. <sighs> the last thing I'm going to say is for people who enjoy Harry Potter. Me. Uh, so do you know what Pottermore is? Oh, for sure. Okay. So do you, and I mentioned this last time too, but I'm going to talk about it really quick. I don't, I mean, I'm, I know what Harry Potter is. I'm not like a wild Harry Potter nerd. I'm too consumed with Marvel and Back to the Future, but I respect the shit out of Harry Potter and I enjoy a good book or movie. I, but I'm sure. not like a wild fan. Um, but like Hogwarts, how um, it's like a school of witchcraft and wizardry. There is an American-based one later on in Pottermore right. that J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling, I think Rowling. I don't even know what I I'm saying say anymore. I always say J.K. Rowling. Um, J.K. So Rowling. She, You're right. I don't know. <laughs> so she created an, an American-based one um, called Ilvermorny. So got it. That's the America, the American Hogwarts. Sure. I just thought this was super interesting because I. So just like how in Hogwarts they have the houses Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, people are also sorted into houses at Ivelmorny. Mm-hmm. I'm probably saying that wrong, but I don't care. And these houses are named after American magical creatures. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So JK, I don't know what her last name is, Let's so I'm just, just going to just gonna call her just kidding. Um, she says, this is a quote from her. It is sometimes said that the Ivelmorny houses uh, represent the whole witch or wizard. So the mind is represented by, and then I'm going to look, these are the houses. Got it. The mind is represented by the horned serpent, which Ooh. usually favors scholars. So probably the Ravenclaw. Sure. Uh, uh, another house represents the body of the witch or wizard, which is the wampus, which usually uh, favors like fighters and sure. warriors, as it says. Um, Wampus. What a name for a warrior. I'll get to it. So another house represents the heart of the witch or the wizard, which is the Pukwudgie, um, which usually favors the healers. And then the last house represents the soul of the witch or wizard, which is the Thunderbird, which favors the adventurers. Um, So one of the houses called Pukwudgie represents the heart of the wizard um, and favors healers. It's probably most likely... The equivalent to Hufflepuff, which mm-hmm. is what I am. So I guess I'm a Pukwudgie in America. She even describes Pukwudgies as, quote, fiercely independent, tricky, and possess powerful magic. Oh. Which is what a Pukwudgie is. Yes, it does fit. So she really did research it. Although she did get a lot of controversy um, on using, like, a Native tribe's sure, I story. Sure, I bet, I bet, um, But I, I think her, her back statement was that she wanted people to be, she wanted to, like, help talk about like bring the story. The... I don't remember. She got some, some backlash, but... Um, it is what it is. It is weird that it's like the healer, though, if they're like kind of they kill people. <laughs> so one of the I think that's because one of the many uh, creatures that they're often compared to or, right. or um, misdescribed as yeah. is uh, one of those creatures that actually it like loves to heal people and one find lost the, children. One of the 34. I think the research for Pukwudgies since it's also kind of convoluted, yeah. it might have somewhere said that a Pukwudgie is also a healer, sure. or at least is a, a, a mean, distant relative to another creature that heals. Maybe they could be a healer, and they just don't like to do that as much. Or maybe they used to be healers before the whole exactly. giant thing, yeah. So, 
Interesting to note that Evil Morney's location is in Massachusetts. Uh-huh. So is the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh-huh. And all of the magical creatures that represent uh, the body of a, or the, a whole witcher wizard. So each of these creatures that is a different house have something to do with the Bridgewater Triangle. Which I don't know if she did that on purpose, but it's just interesting that she picked. I bet she did. Only magical things. I'm sure if you like search Massachusetts, she probably knew. I would think. I would hope. The horned serpent I mentioned in the last episode. Remember, I said there was like a tree trunk sized snake or yeah. something. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's been mentioned and been reported in the Bridgewater Triangle. Wampus, which are the uh, favors the warriors, like the Wampanoag tribe. Oh, duh. Okay, I get it. Puckwudgies, and I did tell you that there are also regularly sightings of Thunderbirds. Yes, yes, yes. I haven't covered Thunderbirds yet, but I will eventually. I love... They're a wild story. It's crazy. But, uh, but so, all of those things just happen to be in Bridgewater, which happens to be in Massachusetts, where Evil Morning is also now set. So how cool. Nice one, JK Rowling. I see you. Nice, nice, We get it. And that's the story of the Puckwudgie. Wowza! Holy smokes, I feel like I just learned too much for my brain. That feels good. At least I, you know, I did research. You educated me. Thank you. Finally. Finally. Wow. Took 140 episodes. <laughs> I think we've both gotten dumber throughout the two years we've I think this. so, too. I, sometimes <laughs> I wonder, like, I, I don't know who I was just saying this to, but I did just have a conversation with somebody, and I was like, I wonder if I spent money and just paid to go take an SAT. Yeah. <laughs> just to see where my number is now. We should now. both take a practice one. I would love to take a practice one and just be like, I mean, I can already tell you this is my scores <laughs> would be like a zero. Let's do it. That would be funny. Okay. I, we, can, we can't study for it. No, absolutely all. not. As if we're going to Like I would. <laughs> you think I studied for the first one? Blaze just took the MCAT a while back. I'm like, I can't even, just watching him with note cards was like, I don't even want to look at this Let's, anymore. I mean, I'm not kidding. We should both take one okay. just to see what our scores are and see how stupid we are. But then we're also not going to release that yeah, information. Yeah, by the way, you're never going to know. Let's <laughs> just say we, we're aware of how poorly we're going to do on that test. <laughs> Okay. All right, Eva, go buy us some PSA- PSATs. I've got to go. Uh, I got a 99th percentile on my PSAT. I mean, granted, I didn't 10 years ago, but we'll see. I, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I'm dro- I've dropped many. I many was very per- average, but also I no one expected anything else from me on that one. Oh, my God. That would be funny, though. We were also in that weird group where uh, the SATs made us also to do a writing section. I hated that. And we were like the only ones. Eva skipped it. And then everyone after us, I don't think they do it anymore, do they? I don't know. I think it was like a weird five year. There's like a generation of us who had to do that weird writing thing. I'm literally a writer by trade and I hated that section. I'm sure it made me look worse. It's (laughs) not good. It didn't help anyone. Okay. I have to go feed my animals. Sorry. Be right back. You know, when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, 
How could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to hear my story? I do. It's kind of a wild ride. Well, that's let me buckle up. <laughs> I guess they always are. But it's this exactly one, what I want. This one is like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. I do have a, a standard that I, I set everything by at this point with your stories. And when you did DC Live, you've already covered it now, I think, uh-huh. as another episode. But that story where the, the girl just like called <gasps> ISIS or something. Oh, my God. She she joined. She tried to join ISIS and they rejected her. That story the selfie is killer. To this day, probably one of the more wild. It's like buck wild. Whenever you say like there's a wild ride, I always like compare it to that. I'm like, <laughs> how wild is it to calling ISIS for fun? Did ISIS reject her or? No, ISIS rejected her because I remember saying. No, I'm saying like on the scale oh. of like how crazy. Like, right, right, right. ISIS rejected by ISIS. Oh, that yeah. was the fucking rejected by ISIS. Oh, I think that was the name of the episode. I don't know. That was what I said. I remember that was my response when you said that she. That ISIS rejected her, and I was like, how bad must you be that even ISIS doesn't want you? How sad. Anyway. She was the selfie killer who, like, took selfies when she murdered her victim. Well. It was really fucked up. Good job, DC. Anyway, so I'm comparing it to that. Good. All right. That's the 10 out of 10 on a wild factor so far. It's a trip. Nobody calls ISIS in this one. Okay. But we have said it enough times that probably we're going to get tagged. I mean, absolutely. At least 15 FBI people are listening to this episode. And they're like, I regret ever joining the FBI. They're hoping to hear if there's a code that that they're going to crack. I'm sure. Based on what we say. I'm sure it'll be. What is it again? Echu, Echu. Oh, Ianchu Kier. Kier. Crack that code, motherfuckers. (laughs) You know what terrifies (laughs) me is like, what if everything I, what if I said in the perfect cadence in the perfect order what if i sent something that actually is some weird code 
that <laughs> could be broken. And it now looks like I was involved in an organized I think crime. Nobody would ever come to us to look. Maybe this is all front. Maybe we're geniuses. Perpetrator. Maybe we're say, athletes. <laughs> maybe we're going to. Did we win the Olympics? Now I forget. Oh my god. Okay. Moving on. All right. Moving on. All right. This is. So I've been really into. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. We. There's always a thing. <laughs> we got an AC unit in my bedroom finally after like a year and a half, two years of living here. And I don't know what we were thinking before, but we finally got one. And with that, um, I remembered we had like a TV downstairs that wasn't being used. So I brought it up. We stuck the Roku in and I was like, holy crap, we have it. I've never had a TV in my room my whole life. Is it blowing your mind? It's bananas. I'm like, I don't. Don't have you feel to... a little dirty? Yes. I never leave. You're like, I should go downstairs and then i like you know have my switch so i'm like i don't leave i just don't <laughs> you know anyway so it's great and i watched so i have hulu on there and i watched a lot of 2020 lately and i watched this story the other day and i was like what in the goddamn world is going on here oh and i cannot believe i didn't know about this it happened in 2017 mm. and like went into 2018 so it's like very recent um this is the abduction of elizabeth thomas i don't know about this all right me neither um, so I found the 2020 episode, obviously watched that, then, um, found some stuff in People Magazine, Radar Online, Inside Edition. Um, there was just a lot and I was like, how have I never heard of this? I don't know. Well, we're all about to learn. So let's go. This happened in Kulioka, Tennessee. It's this Ooh. super small farming town. It only has like 5,000 people in it. Um, and it's one of those places where like everyone knows everyone. Sure. Nothing ever happens here. That's like sure. the ultimate foreshadowing, I think. It always is. It always is. Um, Elizabeth Thomas, she had been homeschooled most of her life up until the eighth grade. Uh, she lived in a very abusive, violent household, like physically abusive and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no way of escaping it because, again, she was house, uh, sure. homeschooled. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. So she was like, Can't I can't even run to a teacher. Exactly. So she was like, I just was constantly surrounded by it. Sure. Um. So, uh, one day it got so severe that Elizabeth and some of her siblings were like, we've had enough. They reported their own mother to Child Protective Services, and uh, their mother, Kimberly Thomas, was removed from the house and was ultimately indicted on child abuse and neglect charges. Wow, okay. She denied it the whole time, but then I looked it up and she ended up being indicted. So got it. It's no longer alleged. Got it, uh, got it, got it. Not good. Not a good situation. So when Elizabeth's mom was taken away, um, she had to go to regular high school because her mom was the one who was homeschooling her. So she started regular high school, which was not easy. She said the first thing that happened, she got there and they all called her ugly. Oh, my God. Well, welcome to high school. Seriously. I was like, that sounds just like how teenagers are. Twist the knife. Mean, mean, mean. Um, not all of you teens, just some of you mean ones. Not all teens. Uh, that's what I always say. Not all (laughs) teens. So she struggled to make friends because the friends had already known each other. All the students had already known each other for years. They had cliques already. Right. She was like the outsider who'd been homeschooled. Um, but finally, she met someone she felt like she could trust. And that happened to be her health teacher. Uh, he was this popular, well-liked guy. He was like, you know, the teacher that everyone was like, the cool teacher. And everyone really liked him a lot. And um, he kind of took her under his wing and was like, she has been abused and she's entering this new school and is being bullied. So he kind of became her mentor. Um, I lost my place. How do I always do this? I get like really wildly into talking and then I, lose oh, I, I know you get wildly into talking. <laughs> we have a podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. I'm back. 
So uh, the teacher's name was Tad Cummins, Mr. Cummins. He's 50 years old, and he helped her kind of transition into high school. So he's super popular. He uh, he actually had married his high school sweetheart, Jill, 31 years prior. Aww. Uh They had two daughters together. He taught Sunday school, sang in the church choir, and he had even done mission trips to Panama. So he was just like this cool teacher and good guy in the community. Everyone loved him. So he takes Elizabeth under his wing and helps her adjust to her new life. Early on, he, like, gifts her with a Bible as, like, a token of, like, yeah, welcome I'm to... here for you. Yes. And uh, there was a point where he and his wife actually took her to church with them when the pastor was giving a sermon on abuse. So, uh, and his wife, even Jill, even called her their third daughter sometimes. Like, she mm. really became part of their family. So, one day in the cafeteria, things just started to shift mm. in not a great way. So her friends asked her if she's hungry, and Elizabeth says something silly that, like, 15-year-olds say, and, like, stupid shit, me listening to Fall Out Boy definitely said, like, too bad I don't have a soul, or else I would eat, or something dumb like that. Right, something wild. Like my away message, you know. I mean, things that I probably say up until this day. <laughs> exactly. Things we're literally saying right now. Right, right, right. Because right. it comes so naturally. <laughs> um, yeah, she said something like, oh, well, I don't have a soul. If I did, maybe I'd eat, be hungry, or something dumb like that. Um... And then Mr. Cummins heard that, walked over, pointed at her, and says, my soul sees your soul. And everyone else was like, what the fuck? And she's like, I don't know, man. That was really creepy. Like, that was weird. But Elizabeth's like, you know what? I've <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, aw. Aw. <laughs> In my heart, I'm like, well, yeah. if someone said that to me. Exactly. In LA, who was maybe my age and not my 50-year-old teacher. Yeah, not as, like, a kid, maybe. I think that, you know, all the girls were I feel like, like if you and I had, like, a deep sleepover talk, somehow that sentence could easily come out of my mouth. Oh, sure. I mean, if I think in a different context, it's a very kind thing to say. Just not here. It's Just on. maybe not in a high school cafeteria. In a school in public. To a minor. To a minor. Exactly. But Elizabeth was like, you know what? I'd finally found an adult that I can trust. He's the only adult that I can trust at this point. Uh, she said on 2020 that Mr. Cummins had made her feel like she didn't have anyone else, that no one cared for her like he did. Um, but little did she know at this point, he was grooming her to be. Mm -hmm. Well, that victim. sounds right. He was taking advantage of a student that he saw as vulnerable. And she had basically gone to him for counseling, said she was feeling really low and was considering going to see a therapist and maybe starting antidepressants. And he told her no. Mm -mm. you won't do that nope which is great start and he said she's like why i think it would really help me and he said because it'll change who you are oh, my soul oh. sees your soul blah 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 oh blah. my goodness so instead he said well instead you should just come to me and i'll help counsel you okay yep so i can't wait for how this is gonna go it's gonna go batch it it's gonna go to a dark and crazy place your soul's not gonna know what to do my soul's itself. not gonna be, be able to see itself i think both of our souls are gonna leave and be like we don't want to be part we of already this have. <laughs> they've left a long time we ago. checked out in episode one our souls are like i see your soul want to get out of here please <laughs> <laughs> let's leave the vessels let's just go somewhere else on an island leave the husks behind <laughs> <laughs> just said it sounds like some shit we would talk about our souls and here we are five minutes later like not able to stop talking about it it's a heinous leave our husks behind <laughs> can someone put that on a shirt oh that's just so my favorite thing you've said in so long leave the husks i'm gonna text you later exactly that sentence okay, i'm not gonna be able to stop thinking about it for a long time 
Keep going. You literally were just saying how you won't call me because I have phone anxiety, but you just want to say stupid shit to me. I just do. Feel free. Call me whenever you want. I know. Right, here's the thing. Christine has phone anxiety. And it's like pretty. It's, it's pretty it's rampant. Actually, embarrassingly bad. Like it I don't even. It affects not just her, but everyone on the other end of the phone. Correct. I can't do it. And all I ever want to do is call her, and I just want to say hello. But every time I call her, she sounds like <laughs> everyone she loved was in one car, and the car exploded. <laughs> She's just like, hello. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, like hello and then i was like hey and i'm like i know i'm always like hello Hello." i always intentionally animate it so you won't think i'm mad at you and then my immediate response is what's up yeah because i just assume something terrible has happened what is going on that warrants you to call me that a text could not do it correct thank you for finally understanding my point i understand it i just actively refuse to do it because i do call you a lot knowing about your phone anxiety it's really great for me (laughs) and sometimes i just want to be like I know. I'm. Listen, I ate a. I ate a sandwich. To be fair, I'm trying to get over it. I've been trying to get over it for a long time. I've gotten a little bit better, so maybe you just need to keep calling me, and it'll get rid of my phone anxiety. Listen, I love talking on the phone. Oh God! I, I, I don't. And you don't even let me have it. No. I have four parents, and they're the only ones who ever call me on the phone. And I'm like, that's enough phone time. You Thank know you. what's uh the only like trouble that we've had recently where i had to call you was right before oh no <laughs> see this is the shit that you pull and then you're like why do you sound so worried yeah i called to christine like a, a week ago now because i was oh my I, god i was leaving to go to new orleans before they were before her and eva were and here's the thing i have my phone in military time i had it on military time years ago because one of my friends joined the army and i was i just wanted to learn the times it didn't work I, I did oh, not nope, that day. You it have, didn't work. Nope. You have no Usually, to stand on. I know the times, and I just never took my phone off military time. I just got used to it, and so uh, I freaked myself out because my t- my flight was apparently at five, but I, I glanced at it, so I thought it said fifteen hundred, which meant three. Mm-hmm. So it was at five. I thought it said my flight was at three, and I saw that at three thirty, oh, and yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, I missed my fucking plane." And so I called Christine and all I, she was like, hello. What's up? And I was like, don't be mad. And I'm like, well, here we are exactly the place I knew we would end up someday. And we're here. I think my exact words were, I fucked up. Yeah. You're like, I fucked up. And I was like, of course I was like, don't worry. We're, you know, if you're, if, we're fine. And it was all fine. And then we hang up the phone and I go, I checked the Delta thing. Cause all our reservations are on there. And I was like. And what the fuck? Your flight is in like two and a half hours. And then I, th- I literally thought for a while that like maybe you were just trying to get out of going. And I was like, you cannot pull that on me. You cannot pull that. Because if, if you're if I'm going, you're going. I was frantic. I was I realized I thought that I was a half an hour late to get to the airport as it is when I was like mid eating a salad and I <laughs> left it scattered across the table like like it like the house had been abandoned. I ran out with my bag. I thought maybe I can catch the plane and I was just going to text my roommate like you need to clean up the salad that I just <laughs> I left, threw I all over the carpet. Some, I left you some dinner. Um, but yeah, so that I get why your phone anxiety would happen there. Thank you. Anyway, I don't know how we got into Thank that. Thank you for seeing me. Oh, because you said the husk thing. I am oh, going to call you later. I'm, I'm going to mention the husk thing to it's, you. It's, it's less stressful when you call me now. I think it's only when like random people call me that don't usually call me where I'm like, oh dear, what's going like something urgent must be happening. Right. With you, I'm now I'm just like, God damn it, I made a burrito and I just want to tell someone about it. It's time for me to know. I was like, I've tweeted too much today. I need to I need to get information out there in a different way now. Right, right, right. You need to communicate louder. Yeah. Okay. You get it. I get it. Anyway, let's go back to this horrible story. Yep. Um, okay, so he said 
don't go get medicated and don't seek uh, professional help because I'm here to help you. Right. Dun, da, da, da. Da, da, da. Uh, he then began to lie to her about his background. He told her he was a CIA operative, an FBI agent, okay. well, and a, a millionaire. <laughs> aren't you a health teacher yeah. and you're telling me this in your, your classroom? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, he also told her he was the one who killed bin Laden. Okay, well... As a, as a secret, secret operative. And she said, like, in the interview, like, I, I mean, I knew it wasn't real, but, like, also, you know, he was, like, so kind to me and, like, just seemed to be kind of wanting to, like, make her happy yeah. and whatever. So, so maybe he was just telling stories to entertain her. Exactly. And so she was like, well, he's the only person I knew to talk, t- turn to or talk to. So she's like, I just kind of ignored it. So according to the People magazine article, he would give... He started giving her money to, like, be like, oh, here's some money for groceries or to help. I think she had nine siblings and her mom had been taken away and her dad uh, worked as an exterminator but he worked like insane hours like he was never home right. during the day and so he started giving her money to like help her uh, help her outside of school he even bought her a microwave so that she could heat up her food in his classroom ew yeah so like they kept so he bought himself a microwave yeah yeah it's like <laughs> okay. that, it's like that time I bought you a mini fridge but it's in my house yeah I know I think about that often <laughs> Oh my god um but yeah so he like kept the microwave in but basically as a way to draw her into the classroom to be like oh eat your lunch in here right you don't have an excuse anymore because there's a microwave to heat up your food right right right. that i paid for so just a lot of like pressure uh he also then began pushing boundaries what a surprise i mean he's already <laughs> pushed some boundaries if you ask yeah. me he's already gone to best buy and yeah <laughs> That is the ultimate. That's when you know things have gone to a new level. First a Bible, then a microwave, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's... It's like those wedding gift years, you know, anniversary gifts each year. Yeah, oh yeah, I the, know about it. It's the, the microwave year. The year. Microwave. That's actually much more... Did you see... Okay, probably not, because... Okay, so I get a lot of, like, info about married people stuff now, like BuzzFeed articles and shit, and one of them was like, oh, there's a new guide to... You know how it's like, oh, first... Oh, like a new technologically advanced yeah. yearly... Or like a new, like, more... um material year thing yeah like a more useful gift so like sure. you know, the first year's paper then it's all these other things uh china and all that yeah. and so uh there's a new one that's like the first year is like a trip or the second year is like um a household appliance like really cool i was like oh, that's wow. actually really handy use that one from now on <laughs> i like it a lot um anyway if you guys don't i mean if you want to gift yourself china that's fine too <laughs> okay sorry so he started communicating with her via instagram now when she's at home oh, okay so they showed the post that's a big red flag by that's the way a big... if you're a student if you're a minor and your teacher is currently dming you on instagram call the police and is saying do not tell anyone oh and call the police if you need us to be the ones to tell you to do that shit Go call the police. Do it. Uh, that just happened in my sister's class. <gasps> oh, yeah. You did it's, tell me about yeah, that. the guy's in jail. I mean, he was texting. My mom said multiple people in the class. Um, if your teacher is reaching out to you independently and not talking about academics. Not related to school. Call the police. Even if it seems friendly. That's the start. It's, there's something wrong. Yep. He's well, not texting his buddies. He's texting le- a minor. At least have someone look into it. Yep. Um, yeah. So... Here are the, uh, especially if you hear something like this, which is the things that they communicated. See something, say something. Yep. One of the posts was, you're all my heart ever talks about. And so they would be public. Absolutely not. They were like public posts, but like, he would be like, those are for you. Oh my goodness. You know, like, sick. like tagging her in memes. Yes. Like seventh grade. Good night. 
His wife's probably like, oh, thank you. And he's like, no, this is for a 15-year-old. So he wrote, you're all my heart ever talks about. Then the other one, it was love at first sight, at last sight, and ever... Sorry. I can't can't even say it. Yeah, why would you? It's so gross. There's bile coming up my throat. (laughs) (laughs) It was love at first sight, at last sight, at ever and ever sight. How heinous. My brain stopped. Everyone who's listening to this, go back, like skip five seconds and hear my brain short circuiting. (laughs) Because I just heard myself like not be able to form a single word. But be careful because there's also sounds of bile somewhere in there. So it's not a good, it's not a good clip maybe. Um, Then Elizabeth responded at one point. I look forward to going to school just to see you. And I love you so, 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 so much. So things have uh, crossed quite a boundary here. And Elizabeth says at this point he began to sext her regularly. Sext her? Yep. Call the police. Call the police, please, somebody. Um, you'll get. We'll get to that part, how, how fucking botched all that went. I can't wait. It's a mess. So they began to spend more and more time alone in his classroom. At one point in the middle of a conversation, he told her, you'd look pretty nice naked. <gasps> in the middle of class? In, no, no, no. They spent time alone in classroom. Oh, in, in the classroom. In his room. classroom together. Oh, my word. I was like, that is one ballsy man. No, I mean, he is, but no, not, not gotcha. that ballsy. Okay, got it, got it, got it. You know, the, yeah. they were in there with the microwave making popcorn and uh, something yep. or other. Uh, hot Pockets, maybe? Three's a party. Hot yeah. Pockets, you and me. Uh, bagel Bites. <laughs> Get it? No. Oh, actually, wait a minute. Oh, boy. Uh, so he... One time, literally, she's like, I don't even remember the conversation. He just looked at me and said, I look... F- oh, no. Sorry. He said, you'd look pretty nice naked. And she was like, uh... And what did she say while holding the Bible he gave her when they first met? <laughs> I know, right? Um, and then she said, at, and then later on at a certain point, she's like, and then one day he just kissed me. And she's and uh, she said she was too scared to tell anyone. Um, she didn't want to tell her parents that an, a grown man had kissed her. She didn't want to tell her friends, obviously. And she didn't have any adults that she felt like yeah she could turn to of course you know the guy is saying you know you can't tell anyone or you're gonna be expelled you know he's like threatening right, her right, essentially right. um and then it escalated as we all knew it would yep uh in the classroom she said and i quote he'd open up the closet door in the classroom and he'd look at me a certain way and i knew if i didn't go that he'd be upset oh no it's really bad oh oh no yeah uh, she said, I was afraid to see him angry and I've seen him angry and he doesn't take no well. <gasps> and so this guy, so this is really interesting because this guy is like such a, you know, gem of the community and he's lived there for years and like, doesn't it always go that way? Yeah. And he like <clears throat> married his high school sweetheart. It's the one where like, oh, you never, it's the, the one where like the, he's such the, a nice guy, the seemingly safest one. Yes. The neighbors all loved him. Mm hmm. Uh, so he, that, that's what he was considered, but they actually found a guy in this interview who's, who used to work with him at an ER and he basically said this, like, no, this guy was a complete bully. Like he bullied me. He bullied his other coworkers. He called me an idiot. He told me I was too stupid to work there, like in front of everyone. Oh shit. Like he was just verbally abusive toward his coworkers, um, and staff and he would present himself as charming outwardly, but then like bully the crap out of everyone. And like, he was just a very bad, he's like, he was a toxic bad mean person Mm. and he said if you said no to him or like gave him any sort of like rejection rejection, he would lose his mind and he's like and i've seen that and it is not pretty um and so that was interesting and he's like i don't ever want to see that guy again and then um he said the reason he thinks that he switched from working in the er where he was making much more money than being a teacher is that like he just felt it was a more fitting role for him to have like young 
yeah moldable minds <clears throat> yeah people that are more afraid to stand up to him yeah that can't like, say have no. nobody yeah and they can't say no and they can't you know they trust you implicitly. like why wouldn't you pick an authoritative exactly position where everyone has to do what you say yeah like a mentorship role where you can control people vulnerable people so that was an interesting kind of side note um and around this time because everyone else was like i'm so shocked you know um it is shocking but like right of all people you know um so around this time a student actually reported to school authorities that tad and elizabeth mr cummins and elizabeth were kissing in his classroom mm. a student saw this was fucking ter- like disturbed obviously reported it to school officials the school quote investigates but elizabeth denies anything ever happened and at this point people are like well why would she not just say like yeah, yeah this is happening and it's like this is how abuse because works. Because she's terrified of him. Like, yeah. if she rats him out, he is probably going to attack her. Well, or he's just threatened her already. Like, even if he doesn't have any power, she doesn't know that. He's, like, taken over her mind. And, yeah, so he's like, if you um, if you say anything, I'm going to lose my job. How would you feel if, like, you got me fired? Mm-hmm. You know, like, just guilt tripping and, like, saying, oh, well, you know, both of us are going to be out of... It would be so much worse if you told... Cause Think of your father who's working so hard. Right. All that shit. Exactly. And, like, you're going to be screwed. I'm going to be screwed. What's... Is it worth it? Like, just really bad manipulation. Yeah. So, it's sick. Um, So, the school... And she's already being bullied. Like, so, right. you know, she, he's like, your reputation is on the line and stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. Uh, so, the school actually doesn't alert... This is the biggest, like, scandal part. The school doesn't alert police for a full week that any of this has happened and they are required to report this to police. So there's, you know, not a good thing there. And during their investigation of this whole thing, they let Elizabeth go on a field trip accompanied by only one chaperone. Absolutely not. And it happened to be Mr. Cummins. During the field trip, Elizabeth said Mr. Cummins took advantage of the free time or like, I'm sure he fucking did. Right. It's shocker. The alone time. And he propositioned her for sex. And she was like, no. And she refused. She's like, I'm on a school trip. They're looking into us. We can't. Like, this is the one time she's like, no, 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 no. And he he backs off. So um, the school, having done their, quote, investigation, and, you know, Elizabeth saying, no, nothing happened. And Mr. Cummins saying, no, nothing happened. They were like, okay, but um, Mr. Cummins, you are not allowed to speak with her anymore. Like, you're not allowed to have contact anymore. Um, and within like days, obviously he has her back in his classroom. And so at that point, Great. I know like shocker. So at that point he's suspended from his job. But, uh, when the police look into it, he insists like, no, this is like a father. I'm a father figure, which like sick, sick. He's like, I'm a father figure to her. Like she needs someone, a mentor. And he really played yeah. it off and he's so, you know, charming and everyone has his back and everyone already thinks he's one way. Exactly. And so everyone's like, no, he would never, um, so he, like I said, ignored the school's warnings and they had to suspend him. So they interviewed his wife during this TV show. This poor woman. I mean, I can't even imagine. Uh, she says he, she says he told her it was either someone telling a lie or someone who thought they saw something that didn't actually happen. But of course that didn't happen. And she was like, we had been married for 31 years with no problems. Like there was no reason for me not to believe him. That sucks. Like nothing had ever happened like this before. She never had any doubts. He'd never cheated on her. And so, um, when he was like, oh my God, no, like somebody must have just lied or made up a rumor. Yeah. She believed him. And, um, why wouldn't you, I guess, if nothing had ever happened. So of course at school, Elizabeth's bullying problem just gets worse. Um, of course, like Mr. Cummins is now suspended. He's everyone's favorite teacher. So they're blaming her saying like, you ruined his life. You're the reason he's gone. 
um, her teachers called her out in class, teased her, and even called her names, like, mm. being like, you're the one who got him suspended. It's, like, really bad. Um, the whole... She was not protected at all in this at this point. Um, but at this point, back at home, so Tad is like on leave because he's being he's been suspended and jill his wife begins to notice there's something odd with his behavior like he's just starting to act a little weird she said for example he always made the coffee for the next morning the night before like when they went to bed um for years i mean they'd been married for over 30 years so so she knows him yes she knows him very well right or thinks she does at least to a certain extent and so she's like, he's made the coffee the same way for 30 years. And she's like, and then all of a sudden he started telling me how to make the coffee. Like he was like teaching me how to use the coffee maker. Hmm. And she was like, I mean, I, she's basically her thought was, well, maybe he thinks he's going to jail. And so like, he's trying to prepare me for oh, that. Oh, okay. And so she's like, oh God, like, <clears throat> you know, and there's like so much tension in the house at this time. Cause like the police are looking into him. He, he's suspended from his job. Um, the quote <laughs> so absurd. So, okay, they spent a lot of time together at this point, and it was, like, very tense um, between them, but they prayed a lot, she said, and cried and, like, tried to talk through everything. He insisted nothing had happened. Um, and then the quote, the host of the 2020 said, you could cut the tension in their home with a Tennessee steak knife. Oh! I was like, okay, I okay. like the flair there. <laughs> it's like, there we go. So, in case you needed that a little... I did. I'm sure. A little uppity. I think we all did. Um, so, Tad seemed distraught, but, like, his wife was like, oh, he's just scared he's going to jail. Um, but little did she know that on the side, he's actually still communicating with <gasps> Elizabeth via... Oh, no. Instagram. Oh, my God. Anytime, she says, anytime... So, Elizabeth says, anytime she wouldn't post for a few hours, he would go crazy and say she was cheating on him. He said if he found out she was with another boy, he would kill him. Uh, meanwhile, at school, she's been obviously being bullied more than ever. Um, she was being called a whore. Her teachers were in on the harassment. Uh, and then he began to contact her via phone, and he started blaming her. He's like, look what you did to me in my life. I'm not, you know, I lost my job. And there's only one way out of this whole mess okay. that you caused. Great. He says, I'm leaving town. And you're coming with me. <gasps> oh, no. I did not think it was going to be that answer. Yeah. He says, if you resist, I will take my own life or I will kill someone else. That's what I was expecting. Yes. And so she <clears throat> is fucking trapped. Like, who is she going to tell? Like, yeah. Who, you know, she's scared. This is the guy that she's, like, trusted for, you know, however many months. This guy is, like, taking her under his wing. He was There's like, nothing oh. you can do because best case scenario, if he's telling the truth, someone dies. Yeah, right. Like Whether you, it's him or exactly, someone else. Like you think that... Like right. you're the reason for a death if you don't listen <sighs> to him. It's totally, totally ugh, sick. Um, so she's trapped. She eventually is like, fine, I'll leave on this trip with you um, if that will make this stop. So she knew uh, if she didn't go, something bad would happen. Like you said. Yep. And then one Monday morning after a relatively uneventful weekend... Tad is like, hey, Jill, do you mind if I borrow your car? I have an out-of-town job interview. Um, I'll be back later today. Uh, LOL. No, you won't. Uh-huh. And she's like, okay, sure. Um, so Tad and Elizabeth meet at Shoney's. Shout out. I love Shoney's. <laughs> and uh, Tad tells her to leave a note behind saying she had gone to New York to mislead investigators. Sure. Of course. Mm -hmm. But Elizabeth is not stupid. She's like, okay, sure. I'll leave behind a note. Containing a clue. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. 
basically what she did was she's like, I'm going to write this note that I'm, that he's going to read that I moved to, or that I, you know, escaped to New York. But she's like, I'm going to write it so absurdly that like no one will believe it's true. So she's like elaborates and she writes this like fantastical thing about, you know, going to New York. She's like, I know my family will be like, that's bullshit. Something's going on. Right. And um, she's like, the police won't believe this because they'll read it and go, okay, they're trying to mislead us. But apparently he seemed happy with this note and was like, great, leave it behind. So she left it behind. Do we know what she said so fantastically? I don't know. Because I know they're like, I like I in law and order world. Uh, if you're on the phone with someone. Yeah. And they need uh, like, let's say like you're a held a hostage sure. and you're allowed to be on the phone. You like make up a random name or a fact that's like clearly not true. Oh, so that they're like, what's wrong? Or what's like, I would up? like if I were talking to Eva, be like, oh, yeah, tell my co-host like anna that i say hi and uh-huh. she'd be like that you're clearly not okay like yeah something's going on you're clearly not where and you're then supposed what to you can do is then if they're like is everything okay you can be like oh no you know like oh yeah. no it's not yeah. anyway like you can well also like a lot of cops like now know the pizza storyline oh. if like for for women who need to get out of the house yeah if they are telling their husband like oh i'm just calling just and getting a pizza, pizza. If you say, like, hey, uh-huh. I need a, an extra large cheese, and you're just, like, really consistent on that story, yeah. the cop will figure it out. Yeah, and be like, dispatch be it. like, oh, what address do you need the pizza sent to? Yeah. And then, like, they'll figure it out. Yeah. There's also apps, too, that are that are disguised as, like, um, other things on your phone that you can click and can confirm. send yeah. to, like, for abuse victims. Like, it looks like it's, I don't know, something else, like a pizza delivery or whatever. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I forget what it actually is. Um, I... I... <laughs> In my past, I have used what is those. There, I don't know now. I mine was several years ago. Yeah, but I'm sure they have some pretty cool stuff now. Shoot, I should look that. Up. I'll look that up later. Um, but yeah, so there's stuff you know out there. But of course, so she. This is anyway. Sorry, back to Elizabeth. She wrote this note. Um, then she left another tip behind. She told her sister Sarah that if she wasn't home by six to call the police, fully knowing she was not going to be home by six. She's right. like, I just need them to call the police as soon as possible. Right. So, um, when she got in Cummins' car, he placed a gun on the center console, and she was like, uh, okay. As, like, a firm, committed threat. Yeah. Got it. Like, you're stuck with me. Yeah. Don't think twice about anything. Yeah. And there's no way out. Um, so, around 10 p.m., Elizabeth's dad calls the local sheriff. He has been driving around frantically searching for her for hours, um, checking all over town, especially after the whole, like, kissing incident that had been going on at school with Mr. Cummins. He was like, something is going on. And he insisted that the sheriff check on Tad Cummins and, like, ask his wife where he was. So it turns out his wife had also called the sheriff to report her husband missing. Mm. So now they're both missing, and he immediately becomes the prime suspect in a wanted man, and a national Amber Alert is issued for Elizabeth. Mm. So despite her, like her clues and the clear suspect and motive elizabeth would not be rescued for 38 days that's horrific and we're gonna go through these days now okay one by one um several by several okay uh so they get in the car he makes her turn he puts the gun down he makes her turn his phone her phone off then and his then he disconnects the car's gps with a screwdriver so they can't be tracked uh, he steals a license plate from an abandoned van. He dyes his and Elizabeth's hair. Uh, they, every time, so she said they didn't stay in places more than like one or two nights typically. Um, and she was forced to share a hotel bed with him and was repeatedly mm-hmm. forced to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. 
um, which hadn't happened up to this point. So that was like a new, oh, no. like there were sexual acts she was forced to perform in the classroom, but not intercourse to this. was yes, got it. So that that this is when the first time that had happened. Um, she so the interviewer said, "Was there ever a time where you thought like, oh maybe if he's sleeping, I can just make a run for it?" And she said, "Of course, but um, he actually made me." sleep naked and hid my clothes so that so she couldn't get away yeah so that if i ran like i couldn't run and he said she said he was a really light sleeper and if she ever got up to pee in the night which i do like four times a night um he came with her like stood outside stood guard outside the door until she was done because he didn't trust her exactly like he wanted to keep tabs on her at all times um so he called her his wife occasionally when introducing her to people or if they were at a restaurant or something uh, he told her they were going to get married and she'd be with him until she died. Mm, that's just all right. He's uh, clearly not in the right mind. No, he's lost it. Um, he was even controlling her diet. <gasps> I mean, this guy's just every, every single every. thing. It's like bingo. Like you just <clears throat> right. The whole board's cleared. Yep. Um, so he forbade her from eating high calorie foods, uh, only salads because he, quote, liked skinny girls and wanted her to stay small. Get the fuck out of here. It's horrific. She's 50, She's a small, petite teenager. Mm. Um, she said she ate what he told her to because if she didn't, then he wouldn't feed her anything. So, Oh, my God. She was just forced to eat shitty lettuce. I'm not going to say from Shoney's, but from <gasps> various gas stations throughout right, and whatever right, right. throughout the country. Um, so they just drove and drove, basically. They, like, didn't stop for long. Uh, they crossed nine states and made it all the way to California from Tennessee. Wow. It's like quite, if you look at the map, their route is insane. Um, at a certain point, she started like rejecting him and saying she didn't want to do things with him anymore. And he didn't like that. So he started buying her alcohol and forcing her to drink alcohol to keep her subdued. It's really beyond sick. Um, she took a rock. Okay. So this is what she would do. She took a rock from each state and wrote the county that she was in on the back so that she could keep a small record of where she was. Cause she wasn't allowed a phone or anything. So she kept like a little record of what counties they had been in so that if the police rescued her, she'd be able to say, this is where we drove. And she said her goal was that he would be tried in each state separately. And wow. I was like, Oh my God. Wow. I wouldn't have even thought of that. I wouldn't have even thought of that either. She's like, and she's 15, 15. She's like, wow. I wanted the maximum that he could possibly get. So I marked down every town where he like assaulted me i like that she knew like the police are coming like i just got a hold out yeah she like really held on to it there is a certain point where she's like i gave up on ever finding yeah okay so i mean yes she actually said (laughs) that's literally my next bullet i'm so so sorry it's fine she said she did that to a certain extent with the rocks and she's like at a certain point i was like what is even what's the point like it's been this many days how are they going to find me in nevada you know right and so she kind of said over time she just stopped doing that um she said, eventually I just stopped counting, uh, and she had no idea that the whole country was looking for her, because she... Because there was no TV, no exactly, phone Exactly, he wouldn't show her. She said one time uh, she saw someone on, like, Fox News mention her name, and he, like, turned it off immediately, but, like, she didn't know that there was this nationwide Amber Alert mm. and all this stuff, so she felt, like, totally alone and lost. Um his wife, okay, so at this point, his wife Jill makes a public statement asking him to please come home and bring Elizabeth back safely. That's like a heartbreaking thing because she just looks so distraught, the wife, and is like, My husband, like, did something terrible. Please mm. bring her home safely. It's just really bad. 
Um, so then after a while, when they're kind of heading toward the West Coast, Tad starts to feel like authorities are closing in on him. He kind of knows that they're in full force tracking him. So he hatches a new plan. He decides he and Elizabeth are going to kayak to Panama. Oh, <laughs> that's even, rational. I can't even say that. It's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. This is 3,000 nautical miles away. Oh, my God. He wants to kayak. kayak this to guy has Panama. lost his marbles. The host literally said, clearly not a geography teacher i was like oh clearly snaps to the narrator <laughs> not that he's a great health teacher either sure uh, after all this but yes the she was like clearly not a geography teacher tad purchased a kayak to travel to panama so he buys a fucking kayak and makes her get in the kayak and is like now we're going to panama and she was like um we're gonna die so they start kayaking and she's like immediately like the waves were insane she's like i'm gonna die we're both gonna die out here we're not she said that was like the most she was afraid for her life yeah um and she's like this is going to kill us and she said at one point a wave was so bad that it like tipped the whole boat and they were not very far into their journey sure and he finally was like okay this isn't gonna work and she's like could have told you that but right okay so he comes up with a new plan and this one's also really good. <laughs> what? He's like, we're going to join. They're going to kayak to space. <laughs> we're kayaking to Mars. There's no waves up there. <laughs> he uh, he decides they're going to join a commune. Um, that is probably the most rational thing is, this guy has said it's more, all day. For sure, more rational than anything else. So he Googled closest commune. Shut up. <laughs> Just whatever, whatever is out there. And he found one called Black Bear in the woods of Northern California. This commune is completely off the grid. No TV, no radio, no cell phone, no internet. Uh, they basically have no contact with the outside world. 2020 interviewed this guy, but he only let, th let them interview with, like, their iPhone. Like, an old school. They had, like, one old school model iPhone. And he's like, you can't bring camera equipment. Like, I'll talk to you. Only me. I'll talk to you. but And you can film it on your iPhone, but that's it. So uh, they're filming on this iPhone, and she's kind of talking to him. And his name is April Showers. Sure. Sure it is. Uh, he said Tad and Elizabeth showed up at the ranch and told everyone they were 44 and 24, respectively, and that their names were John and Joanna. Uh, they took them in, gave them a bed, fed them. Elizabeth said they were really welcoming and kind, and they really liked her. And um, Tad, not so much. According to uh, our friend Mr. Showers, uh, Tad brought with him an anger problem and a, quote, perverted instinct. Mm. So they're kicked out. Sure. The commune was like, this ain't going to fly. We really like Elizabeth or Joanna, but, like, this other guy is just a piece of work. Sure. And he's disrupting our, as he called it, <laughs> sacred space. So he, Tad, does not like being told no, if we recall. I remember. Oh, yikes. He flips out. He takes out a knife. He's screaming at this guy, April. And Elizabeth, at this point, is like, I'm, she was like, I was sure he was just going to go get his gun and kill people. Like, I thought yeah. this was it. Like, we were dead. But he kind of made himself calm down, threw the knife down, took Elizabeth, and the two of them left with only two eggs and an orange for sustenance. Shit. They headed toward a town called Cecilville, which is nearby, and Tad told Elizabeth to stay in the car and put on sunglasses and hide your face so you're not recognized. At the gas station, they see this guy. It was actually the same guy who had given them directions to the commune a week earlier. So he's like, oh, hey, pal. His name is Griffin Barry. He's like, you, he's like this 29-year-old hippie guy. And uh, 
he's like, oh, hey, Griffin, like, remember us? Yeah, we kind of, yeah, we had a great time at the commune, but uh, we're heading out with our eggs. And, uh, you know, we're hard on, we're down on our luck. Uh, he says that we had a house fire and I lost my job. Um, and he's like, me and my wife are trying to start a new life. Is there any way you could temporarily help us? And Griffin is like a property manager for this big property. And there's like this little cabin, no running water or anything. It's like a little shed almost, like a storage shed. Mm-hmm. It's like a pine shed. And he's like, okay, yeah, you guys can sleep here. But like, you know, you have to like in exchange do some work for me. And basically their job was to collect rocks, river rocks, for a masonry project he was working on. Okay. So they lived in this little cabin. So uh, Tad slept on a foam mattress and Elizabeth slept on a seat cushion that they had taken from the commune. There was no heat or insulation. This was like March or April in Northern California. So it was freezing. Uh, it's just a shed. Uh, there's no running water. There's no heat or insulation. Freezing cold at night. They didn't have any food, so they ate wildflowers for mm, sustenance. That's awful. Uh, so at one point, Griffin picked them up for like their rock collecting job. And was like, okay, I'll teach you how to do this. And uh, he asked Elizabeth, what's your name again? I forget. And apparently she said Joanna, but with a southern accent. And he's like, it was just very weird how she said it. Like, it just didn't seem right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, huh, I recognize that accent. Turns out this guy is originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Get out. He's like, that's so weird. She sounds like she's from my neck of the woods. And he says she refuses to speak any other time. I mean, this reminds me a lot of Elizabeth Smart, too. Like, right. She just is, like, silent. Yeah. And, and he says she won't interact. Um, like, she'll respond every now and then with her, like, accent and stuff. But he, she won't uh, say anything. And he's, he's, like, just so weirded out and, like, perturbed by this that he tells his neighbor, you know, I think something is up with these guys. Like, is there a way we can look into them and see what's going on? She seems not okay. Um, that night... Like, for whatever reason, either he's searching it or, like, he sees it on TV. The neighbor is, like, made aware of this Amber Alert. I'm taking an Instagram video really quick. I'm Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I'm just letting you know before you keep talking. Oh, yeah, no. Because at it. this point. M has, like, summoned <laughs> Trying you. to record, and he is fresh on top of me. Isn't that right, Giovanni? He is, his eyes are bugging out. Anyway, here I am, recording live. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, keep going. That's all I needed. He's, I know he's going to freak out. He's stressing me out. He, he, I can feel him stressing out. I know. He's, out. he's kidding. Okay. okay. There. You can stay there. Okay. Okay. Yep. There he goes. Yep. Are you leaving me now after all that? Okay. So, uh, so the neighbor is, for whatever reason, either he's looking it up or he's watching TV that night and he sees this Amber Alert and he's Ooh. like, oh, a man, an older man and a young woman or in this case, a teenager, a child. He's like, huh, I'm going to show Griffin. So he shows Griffin, and Griffin's like, yep, that's the guy. Oh, no. And they immediately call police. So thank God the police are are like, finally, we've found found them in Northern California, of all places. Um, And so that was late at night. A couple hours later, early that next morning, Elizabeth goes outside to wash their dishes from the night before, and she notices someone on the hill, and when she looks closer, she notices he's wearing a camouflage hat. He walks around the bush, yells, hands up, it's over, and a SWAT team just swarms the cabin. Wow. She said that was the best day of her life. Yeah. Even though they told her, put your hand, like, get on the <clears throat> ground, put your hands up. She's basically being arrested, too. But I mean, she's, but she's but she's also becoming freer correct. than she, she currently is. She's being, like, rescued, yeah. 
Um, it was that was April twenty first, twenty seventeen. Thirty eight days since their initial disappearance. And wow! Finally, she was being rescued. As Cummins is led away, he whispers to Elizabeth, still trying to manipulate her, and says, "Tell them you went willingly. Tell them I did. We did nothing sexual, and tell them I was just trying to protect you." It it's just okay. Oh, nice try. Um. Now this part really bothered me about the story when they interviewed like locals um, in the beginning, and the victim blaming is just beyond anything anything I've ever seen. Um, you know, she had been the victim of abuse and assault by the hands of multiple people, and people still turn it on her, saying like, "Oh, she just had a crush on him. She wanted to go. She was a rebellious. She didn't want to. You know, she was in love with him. Whatever. It's like, no, she was a child. Yeah, that's not how that works." And um, she told in the interview, she said, people think they know what happened. They think I'm a whore. They think that I like old men. And that's not the case. And at this point, she's only 18. So it's only been a couple of years. Um, but she said even her school, her school just never, uh, never took the blame for what had happened um, for not protecting her. She says this, uh, her family sued the school board for failing to protect her from Mr. Cummins. To this day, they've never apologized. They've never admitted any wrongdoing. And, you know, they didn't even call the police right away mm-hmm. when a teacher was literally seen kissing one of his students. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Elizabeth insists that her school knew something was going on, especially after they had suspended I mean, they him. had proof. They right. had a little bit of proof or at least... A witness. Yeah. Um, and she said they did nothing to stop it on her word, on a 15 year old's word saying nothing happened. Well, of course she's going to say that. Uh, so she felt that they were just extracting themselves from the situation by saying, oh yeah, don't talk to each other. You're suspended. And then right. w- wipe their hands clean of it. She believes they could have stopped the kidnapping if they had intervened in a better way. So in 2018, Tad Cummins finally pleaded guilty to federal charges of transporting a minor across state lines for the purpose of engaging in criminal sexual conduct conduct and obstruction of justice. Uh, He cried when he pleaded guilty on the stand, saying, I cannot be the man I need to be and not tell the truth. Uh, Okay. What What man do you want to be? Because you're not that one. You're not what you think you are. Elizabeth herself gave an impact statement during the trial that was really powerful. Um, I'm going to read it to you. Okay. It's kind of long. I apologize. Uh, This is what she told Tad on the stand. When I started school, you picked me out of the crowd. I was just a kid who wanted to make friends, but you were someone who had a plan. You saw a broken girl who was lonely, scared, and traumatized. You made her feel safe and loved because you saw what she needed and made her believe you and made her believe you would be her protector. All you were was a man who wanted sex and you manipulated me and used me just for that. You act like you care now and that you're full of all this regret, but where was any of that before? Where was any of that when you first had me alone in your classroom closet and violated me over and over again for months? Mm. Where was any of that when you spent untold amounts of time and effort into manipulating, pressuring, and deceiving me into thinking that you were the only person that cared about me? But the truth is, no matter how much time you have to serve, you will never be able to undo what you did to me. I will have to live with the scars you left on me forever. Damn. It was very powerful. Um, And so she said that, and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison this past January in 2019. Wow. Yep. And Elizabeth, from what I can gather, is now 18. She's happily engaged. Yay! I know. It's really sweet. They showed uh, her and her fiancé at the local Sonic. (laughs) So cute. That's precious. Uh, 
She <clears throat> was working at a coffee shop. She has a new puppy. And she's working toward her G- GED. So Very cool. She's fucking a baller. Uh, she seems extremely well adjusted. At least the way she presented herself, I was amazed how wow she told the story. Just I don't, I, I can't imagine. I can barely tell a story without fucking. You I know, cannot imagine losing. And I'm it. sure we just scratched the surface of what's really out there too. Exactly. Um, so it's just very impressive. She's a very impressive young woman, and she says her she says her goal in life is to have a family and to keep them safe. Aww. And that is a very long, sorry story of Elizabeth Thomas. Wow. Wowza. It's really good, though. I mean, it's just very, I mean, it's it's good in the sense that, like, I mean, she survived. That's good. You know, that doesn't happen often in my stories. Right. But, like, just the trauma and abuse, God. Um, I did want to add real quick that uh, as far as resources, um, if this is something that you feel like you or someone you love is struggling with, uh, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, you can reach them at thehotline.org. They have a chat. If you have phone anxiety like me, <laughs> you can chat online, which is great, I think. Um, and they have a ton of resources there, too. Phone numbers, if you'd rather call. Um, you know, advice if you have people who you feel are suffering through that and you want to help. Um, and that website is thehotline.org. And that is my story. It's, I mean, yeah. Wow. Go get help. Woof. Abuse is a very, very tough thing. And very real. And a very real thing. Yeah. Well, on that wonderfully happy note. <laughs> you you know what's going to happen every week. Uh, I don't think I have any updates. The person survived, and it's still just not a happy Somehow ending. it's not a good thing. It's That's a, the only good thing out of a very bad thing. I mean, I'm trying to come up with, nobody ever came up with a good ending for this i mean we tried no. geoscopes that didn't really work we tried i don't know what else are we gonna do i don't know remember when we used to count every single patreon person <gasps> in our listeners Listener. episodes and then it got we've to be, made a lot of mistakes on this show it got to be 45 minutes and we were like this isn't working of just saying the name stephanie like sarah, a thousand sarah, times sarah emily emily sarah <laughs> sarah h sarah b um yeah whoops sorry about that guys uh also Maybe we can, like, tell a pun. I don't know. Camping is intense. There we go. There we go. There's a number one. Done. Punny ending. What's a dinosaur fart? Okay, well, you're now you're giving away all good content for future episodes. A blast from the past. <laughs> okay, okay, save them. Got it. We got to have them for next week when I do them. I have a story I mean, already. One. The story I picked out for next week is freaking terrible. So Great. I almost did it this week, and I didn't have the emotional energy so sure I'm saving it for next week super duper anyway we're going to be in salt lake this week um we're super excited and that is our last oh, show yeah. of 2019 oh my god i forgot how soon that is i know it's literally next That's, week oh my gosh i have to be back at that airport again <laughs> i had the worst airport experience yesterday and now i apparently have to be back there in the next couple days we did that a lot for four months and then we stopped and we're not used to it anymore there was a, I don't know how you get used to it, but you really do get used to us being in the airport all literally every day yeah. for five months. You're just like, I live here now. Ugh. Anyway. It was bananas. Well, we're starting that over, I'm sure, sometime in 2020 for touring. So I don't even know how I'm going to get through it again. I remember <laughs> having maybe one brain cell left by the end. The worst is that, like, for whatever reason, I've gotten, rec- proportionally speaking, I get recognized in airports more often. I think it's because, like, A, there's more condensed amount of people, and B, people are traveling either, like, they know we're in town maybe for a show or yeah. whatever. Or because they're traveling, they're doing things like listening to podcasts. That's true. Just to stay busy, and Th- then, that's true. hello, we're right there. Hello, Fresh, we're right there. We're right there. We're always at the baggage claim waiting oh, yeah, for yeah. you. 
But so, like, the, the first time two people recognized me, I was like, well, guess I can't show up, like, greasy and unwashed and, like, looking haggard anymore because people always want a selfie. I looked like trash at the Atlanta airport yesterday. And I got recognized three times. Yeah, it happened. That It always happens that way. I'm like, I put on eyeliner. Someone fucking recognized me. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, it's, look, the price we pay I for know, fame. I know. I sound like, like oh, such a brat. I can't look like garbage anymore. Someone said hi to me. In, uh, two people said hi to me in, the New or- in a bar in New Orleans. You're like, I know you hate this. And I was like, I don't. Like, I love saying hi to people. I'm just a fucking paranoid person who thinks I'm doing something wrong. Well, the one of the people who recognized me uh, in the airport, did, like, there were two other people who were like, hi, I just want to, you know, I really love your show. Can, at, you know, when the flight's over, can we get a picture together? But there was one guy who just came up to me and just went, M! And then I, like, <laughs> freaked out. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then he just stuck his hand up for a high five. See, that is... And I high-fived him, and I was like, what's up? And he was like, hey, I just wanted to say hey. And I was like, oh, do I know you? And he was like, oh, I listened to your show. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I just heard someone scream my name. Do I know you? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really fun when people say hi. I feel like I hope we didn't. Please say hi. I hope we didn't sound like we came off that way. I just saying I have phone anxiety. I think the thing that people uh, probably... It's because when we were saying like, there's nothing more jarring in the beginning. Yeah. Before we were getting recognized all the time, we... It was always weird because you'd be walking on the street and someone would just go, um, excuse me. And your gut instinct is you fucked up. Somehow. Well, I always say sorry. And they're like, I'm not. Your- well, OK, so recently a cop approached me. Oh, and oh, and so I was terrified because ah. some he came up and was like, hey, excuse me. And I was like, oh, my God, what did I litter by accident? Did I like park my did car I in the wrong litter? I like did how I- your crime is that you littered. Oh, I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, what could I have accidentally done? I was like, did I park in I the wrong space? Littered. <laughs> Whatever. And so, uh. But then he was like, this is going to be a really stupid question, but are you M? And no. So, what? And I was like, thank God. This is M, like. This is the kind of thing you need to call me for. Not like I ate a burrito, but like, like a I... cop recognized me. <laughs> and now we're never going to get a speeding nice. ticket again. He was very nice. But it like things like that were like, if a cop approached you on the street, you get nervous. Correct. Yes. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Anyway, I'll just stop. Just, okay, I'll sorry. Just stop. We, lo- sorry. we love saying hi. That's all we're saying. We love saying hi. Just be prepared for us to look a little nervous at A first. little, like, scatterbrained. Yes. And I probably didn't wash my hair. Okay, anyway, on that note, we will talk to you <laughs> next week. And <laughs> that's why we drink. drink.